to my tango, Eli Bosnick. Eli, are you ready to, uh, I guess, zipline and argue about penises? <laughs> like that gay summer camp I once attended, you had me at penises and lost me at ziplining. <laughs> Lost me at zip Why do you hate ziplining so much? We're not talking about it on the air. All right. In our lead story tonight, we actually have a little bit of good news about religion. But don't get too excited. It goes downhill real fast. Yes, it does. So every once in a while, Christianity gets something right. It happens exactly once every 12 hours in a metaphorical sense. Or, or once a day on military time. Yeah. They broken clock their way into doing something good. And that's exactly what's been happening with a Catholic charity in Texas. They help out asylum seekers who cross the border by providing food, clothing, and transportation. And, of course, that conflicts heavily with the American part of American Christianity. Right. So Alex Jones showed up to interfere (laughs) with humanitarian aid, literally scream at refugee children, And make a video of that on purpose, because he was the hero in this situation in his mind. Okay, in Alex Jones' defense, he, when you tell me a Catholic church is taking children anywhere, I get nervous. Okay, I mean, yeah, (laughs) but also Alex Jones, when a Catholic church hears about Alex Jones confronting children, it's a tough one. It's tough. Okay, to be clear, Alex Jones tried to pretend this was just a random act of... Heroic patriotism that just happened out of nowhere. Coincidence. It's it's presented like Alex Jones was just walking down the street, and then his spider senses started tingling. <laughs> so he did an ocular pat-down of a car with some Latino kids inside and sniffed out a crime, and then he jumped in for the rescue. And, of course, he just happened to be walking along with a professional film crew that had all their equipment out, ready to shoot. <laughs> it was... Absolutely not that. He very clearly staged this whole thing from his yes. side. His his version of the story is he saw a car full of Latino kids and he thought, those kids are being kidnapped. Right. And it's not just that. The charity in question has been dealing with white nationalists over the past few months, harassing them because they help brown people. And Alex Jones found out about that because that's his fucking listener yeah. base. And he was like, oh, what a great opportunity for me to shoot an episode of my QAnon version of Punk. This is great. <laughs> right. This charity has had to get like 50-yard restraining orders against these shitty groups. Yeah. Yes. And uh, here's what happened in the video that, again, Alex Jones thinks is a good thing. He thinks he's a <laughs> hero. He sees a car with some refugees being helped out by a guy from the charity. That guy's about to drive those people to a facility called... The Humanitarian Respite Center. Literally, that's where they're going. We know that now. So Jones runs over and starts yelling, you got those smuggled children illegally. And then he turns to camera two. You're rolling. Your human smuggling is going to stop. Free. Two angles. Nailed it. And, and then he starts going back and forth with his henchmen yelling their very obviously rehearsed <laughs> sequence of lines. You can literally see Alex Jones Start to jump in early for a line. Yep. Realize it's not quite his line yet. Wait for his cue and then yell again. Alex, this is why you need a tech and address, buddy. <laughs> tech and address. <laughs> definitely, definitely didn't do both of those. So that goes on for a couple minutes. And Jones was definitely counting on a crowd of Texans to snap into formation with torches and pitchforks <laughs> at that point. But they're all just walking past being like, yes. That's Alex Jones. He's he probably arranged that he's, to attack a Catholic. He's insane person. He clearly staged this whole thing. Yeah. So then 
Jones starts yelling to a local cop across the street that the kids aren't wearing seatbelts. So the cop technically has to get involved and be like, okay, please, sir, from the charity, do your amazing humanitarian aid a little bit slower with multiple trips so everyone has a seatbelt. Great. Alex Jones, you good? God damn it. Okay. Making small talk with the two kids who can't be in the car now? So, um, you like, you like brain pills? Yes, no. Yeah, he's doing nothing as nice as that. He's screaming at them. He's <laughs> shoving boom mics and cameras in their face and screaming at them. But the most amazing moment is when Alex Jones runs to the, the front of the charity vehicle. Yes. And he gets into a wrestling stance <laughs> like he's going to physically prevent this SUV from driving away. And then he changes to a few different stances like... To find the best stance for stopping an SUV with a, a single human being just standing there. And look, guy who is driving that SUV, I get it. You're busy getting people in desperate need of help, the help that they need. But you had an opportunity to run over Alex Jones. <laughs> Alex Jones! My foot is pressed to the floor just thinking about it. I cannot bend my right knee right now. Just at the... Th oh. But, but yeah, the charity guy never tries to drive away. Never tries no. to run over Alex Jones. <laughs> so it's just Alex Jones screaming at kids, pouring sweat at this point, being like, horse stance, bear stance, tiger style. <laughs> Moral of the story, Christianity is a broken clock, and Alex Jones and white American Christianity are breakers of broken clocks. <laughs> they fuck up all those useful moments you get out of a broken clock. That's the level they are. Oh, and okay, you are right about the best part. It's definitely horse stance, bear stance, yes, tiger stance. It's style. amazing. Watch the video. It's it's it's. <laughs> I I I was tears of laughter watching it's this video. So amazing. But but the second best part is definitely ending because he doesn't save the kids. <laughs> yeah. Right? In his bullshit narrative that he created, Alex Jones came upon a child kidnapper <laughs> and was like. Don't kidnap those kids. <laughs> and then was like, well, I tried. That's what his side thinks happened. Yes. And they're proud of him. They're proud of him for being like, what am I supposed to do? Maintain a horse stance for four <laughs> seconds? <laughs> Be serious. That's how his video ends. With those children that he believes are being kidnapped and possibly abused sexually. There's actually accusations of that during this video. It's insane. That's how he ends. Nothing happens. They are not saved. It's all about breathing, kids. I did my best. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess on that note, we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. They're going to love this. Stamps.com. <laughs> if you want a better way to transport things. <laughs> okay. And then you pop out of the box and you're like, thank you. I <laughs> love it. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. So... Um, ah, oh, you know what? This is usually where Noah comes in and asks us what we're doing. Right. And then and then we say that we're going to use a box or mail you to somewhere. Right. right. Something. And, and then he's like, why don't you use stamps.com? What's stamps.com? No, 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 no. Hypothetical. It was a hypothetical. What, uh, what does clause 34.661 say? Hypotheticals count. Exactly. Hypotheticals count. Stupid subsection. I never should agree to that subsection. Anyway. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business. 
Whether you're a small office sending out invoices, an online seller shipping out orders, or even a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. That's right, Heath. Simply use your computer to print U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail's ready, just schedule a pickup or a drop-off. It's that simple. We actually use Stamps.com to send out our Patreon rewards. And now that Lucinda is doing it, those are actually going out on time. I sent them out on time-ish. Ish? Would ish, you say ish? Time. Anyway, dimension. Stamps.com, you get discounts up to 40% off post office rates and up to 62% off UPS rates. Darn tootin' you do, Heath. Stop wasting time going to the post office. Go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk, and with our promo code SCATHING, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in SCATHING. That's Stamps.com, promo code SCATHING. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Okay, and then there's usually like a... A button that touches on the premise right, right that, here. Because otherwise it, it just ends after the copy. Right. It would just end. <laughs> Great. Great. That's perfect. I'm sure stamps.com is going to love that. I'm sorry. I panicked. And finally tonight, bad news, everyone. It looks like the world is going to end hmm. in eight years. Okay. Uh, Heath, anything you want to get done before 2029? Oh. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, good. Yeah. Bucket list filled. Wait, I want a PS5, maybe by 2029. That'd be <laughs> yeah, good. that's when this supply will hit the stage. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll get there. Yeah. TikTok. <laughs> this news comes to us from extremely reliable source, End Times Preacher, and man who always looks like he's at a bankruptcy hearing for his crystal store, Tom <laughs> Horn. <laughs> who let us know that in 2029, an asteroid is going to hit Earth to make way for the Antichrist. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, appearing on convicted felon Jim Backer's extended infomercial for freeze-dried food buckets, Horn explained that shit's going to go down, and it's all going to start with the asteroid Apophis. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We've checked on that. Scientists have checked on that. So, as usual, the margin of error for... Jim Baker's show is about 20,000 miles. He's a, give or take that, he's, he's correct about things. When you Google Apophis, the third result is like some poor guy at Nat Geo being like, no, it's not going to hit no. the fucking Earth, you idiots. No. We, we checked on this a while. It's been not going to hit us. for. We knew that for a while now. Still not going to hit us. 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So according to Tom Horn, quote, I believe that Apophis is carrying an alien microorganism on it in which a virus is being sustained. I believe it's going to make coronavirus look like a walk in the park. On impact with the Earth, the contagion that is going to be brought to this planet. That's not a sentence. That's fine. Yeah. (laughs) I think that it's going to be a trigger event that ultimately leads to the mark of the beast, which will mean that you're going to have to be vaccinated. End quote. Okay. Okay. Maybe this is good. He's saying vaccines are real there and covid was not satan like i don't really care how they got there that's like yeah. two positive things at least pretty, for the idiots right pretty impressive yeah also we know how seriously christians take worldwide pandemics so <laughs> good start he continues a contagion during the tribulation period could sweep the world literally tens of millions of people are dying by the hour Interesting. and an international cry goes up around the world for some kind of cure a vaccine okay 
tens of millions of people are dying by the yep. hour. Mm-hmm. Let's call that 20 million people an hour. Sure. So the entire human race is dead in like two weeks, 16 yep. days, something like that. <laughs> yep. So, you know, everybody sign up for an appointment as soon as you can. No walk-ins, <laughs> sign up. Get on Kroger's website. We're all dead in 16 days, though. <laughs> oh, I got to refresh the website. Nope, they only have one in 17 days. <laughs> Shit. Ah, damn. Why are they even booking those? It's a dick move. <laughs> he concludes, quote, Well, a man comes forward, a single individual who happens to be the Antichrist, and he's the only man on Earth whose blood is naturally immune to the alien virus. And so what? a vaccine is created from his blood by which all mankind <laughs> then are required to be inoculated. So it's almost like a black communion. What? <laughs> okay. I mean, at least it's not a full on black communion, just <laughs> adjacent to that. What the fuck did that mean? Yeah, I do not know. I mean, Jesus, I know what I'm picturing and I feel like I know what Tom Horn is picturing. <laughs> But uh, whatever he's picturing when he says black communion aside, <laughs> I like that the Antichrist has immunity to the alien virus by coincidence. That was a weird detail, <laughs> yes. What are the chances? <laughs> Either way, if the 13-plus Christian apocalypses we've watched over on God Awful Movies are any indication, everybody, keep your eyes out for a guy with a vaguely European accent <laughs> and salt and pepper hair who's... Offering vials of his blood and a forehead credit forehead card. card. Head on a yeah, swivel, yeah. everybody. Head on a swivel. <laughs> and now that we have a useful ETA for the Antichrist, that's nice. We're going to close out the headlines. Eli, uh, you want to exclaim anything? Jewish manji. There it is. Excellent. <laughs> and when we come back, Tom and Cecil are going to join us for some charity vulgarity. But first, quick break for a word from our sponsor, My Sheets Rock. Hi. I'm Eli Bostic. And I'm Heath Enright. Is your co-host gone for the week getting oral surgery? Has his absence resulted in the shared bed slumber party he never lets you have? Well, then you're going to need My Sheets Rock. See, I'm a warm sleeper. And I'm a cool sleeper. But luckily, My Sheets Rock created the regulator sheets, which are designed specifically to keep hot sleepers cool and cold sleepers comfortable. They regulate temperature, wick moisture, stay breathable, and they're so soft... You'll sleep comfortably every night. Even if the taller person insists on being the little spoon. Spooning is not based on height. You're being a bigot. Anybody can be whichever spoon. That's because these sheets are made from best-in-class bamboo rayon, the holy grail of sheeting. This miracle material transfers body heat two times more effectively than regular sheets and reduces humidity by 50%. So you can experience your best night's sleep yet. That is, unless you're stuck with Eli's... Vegan Chinese food and mango nectar farting. Okay, so, so yours smells amazing. Apparently. You made Loki pass out. He was going to pass out anyways. Out. He has diabetes. He's a very sick cat. Moving on. Moving on. My Sheets Rock sent us a set of sheets to try, and they are my favorite. Yeah, I ended up buying an extra set. Don't believe us? Their five-star customer reviews speak for themselves. Plus, they offer a 90-day risk-free trial and free shipping and returns. Check out My Sheets Rock at MySheetsRock.com slash scathing and enter our code scathing for 10% off and free shipping. That's MySheetsRock.com slash scathing, code scathing, because some pillow fights uh, are more violent than others. You put a gun in yours. Irrelevant. There's, not, there's no rule about that. 
Although I never set out to do so, it seems the unintentional theme of my adulthood has been to make every teacher and school administrator who ever said, Noah, you'll never find a job that pays you to X wrong. And on that note, we're going to kick off part 24 of our 10-part series of insults known as 2019's Vulgarity for Charity. Yep, and that means it's time to welcome back our partners in malevolent magnanimity, Tom and Cecil from the Cognitive Dissonance Podcast. Jets, welcome back. Remember 2019, guys? That was so nice. Right. That 2019 was No, so it wasn't. Mm. Donald Trump was president. We're still doing this. How are we still doing this? How is this not done yet? We're People almost want Heath to roast their dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eli, so you're up first. Josh would like a roast for his ex-stepfather, Randy. Ooh, start with a fun one, why don't you? So this guy is currently in jail for being a pedophile. Jesus, where- what? Yeah, where Josh luckily sent him, so good on Josh. Um, so hopefully he looks like a COVID patient. Um, <laughs> oh, Josh couldn't even find a picture of Randy because he's been blasted from the face of the earth like the enemy of an ancient Persian king, which is great. <laughs> but Josh did include a picture of his sister, who Josh assures us looks exactly like Randy and covered up for him when he was convicted. So if that's the case, Randy looks like Mike Lindell trying to escape a mob (laughs) boss dressed as a lady. (laughs) He's starring in Some Like It Not At All Hot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Heath, Mark would like you to roast Deacon Yawasup from Israel United in Christ. Yeah, okay. That's the black Hebrew Israelite. Oh, all right. The completed black people is (laughs) what they are. And they believe slavery is justified if you're one of the original 12 tribes of Israel. So they believe slavery is justified. The (laughs) end of that sentence is just a distractor on the bar exam. They believe (laughs) slavery is at least sometimes justified. So I looked up Deacon Yawasa on Google Images, and here's what I learned. Every day before work, he picks one of two formal outfits so people take him seriously. Geisha from the future or <laughs> bodyguard for an ancient Roman candy mascot. And Noah, you're up next. Chris would like a roast for Maryland U.S. Congressman Andy Harris. Mm, yeah, the one Republican congressman from Maryland. And you got him, Chris. What's more, you just keep getting him over and over again. This asshole opposes COVID restrictions. He uses his MD to justify it, but he's a fucking anesthesiologist, so it's not a hell of a lot more relevant than Eli's BA in pottery appreciation or whatever. (laughs) He's he's also endorsed Trump's bullshit stolen election narrative and voted present on a bill to denounce the QAnon conspiracy theory. Now, that's just a small taste of the terrible shit that he's done since Chris sent us this request. Oh my wow. God. Yeah, I guess back when Chris sent the thing, uh, he had to settle for hating him for opposing Medicaid expansion, voting against, raising the debt ceiling, opposing cannabis legalization, failing to disclose all his spousal sources of income, opposing net neutrality, and endorsing Roy Moore. Roy Moore. Oh, and also <sighs> looking like somebody who's perpetually way too chatty about the great new underwear they just got. Yeah. <laughs> so, next up, Cecil Neil would like you to roast them. Okay, okay, before I start, Neil dresses better, has a better beard, and can make a photo more interesting than anyone else on this cast. So this is going to be a tough roast. Wasn't that high of a bar, if we're being fair? That's actually a roast. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, 
You look like a guy in a science apocalypse movie that has to make a midnight sweaty faced everything is out of control phone call to the white guy that plays the main scientist. <laughs> like, like if you worked at a fictional Fermi lab, they would make you wear a red lab coat because you're dying in act one. And in the credits, you played Neil deGrasse Tyson, but Neil is spelled with two E's. <laughs> All right, and and Tom, Jacob would like you to roast parents who back up their kids' shitty behavior. Okay, I will never understand this exactly. Kids are just wrong. They're wrong about everything. That's why they're kids. We have to teach them to not be wrong about stuff. Otherwise, every adult you meet would go through their lives just dropping things wherever they stand, (laughs) shitting in their pants, or walking out the door without... One's just shutting the fucking door behind them. What is so hard about that? Can't you see the goddamn door? You just walked through the door, you oblivious little asshole. Tom's the angriest real dad. Nobody would make dinner or clean anything or go to work. Kids are the worst. And parents who are so in love with their little untamed hell beasts and are blind to this are not raising happy, successful, well-adjusted people. They are raising that asshole at the club who throws his drink in the bartender's face because they put too many ice tubes in. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's going to sleep, though. It's so fun. <laughs> that fun. Goes to sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You shine your, your flashlight at the bouncer. He's asleep five seconds later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cecil, uh, with your upcoming move, I've got a perfect one for you here. Elizabeth would like a roast of her property manager, who is ironically named Hope. Hope. The last thing I want to see when I want to complain that the elevator is out is your Snapchat filter. Yes, I know you're not a cat. Stop telling me you're a cat, okay? (laughs) Can you do something with the guy down the hall that clearly has a house full of lit tiki torches full of skunk weed that he burns every (laughs) evening at 5 p.m.? Like, maybe do your fucking job. And I don't give a fuck if I'm interrupting you in the... 76th level of Candy Crush. That shit can wait if I have a catastrophic <laughs> leak, lady. Come on. All right, Noah. Let me return the favor. Nasir would like a roast of Albuquerque City Council member Cynthia Borrego. I have never seen somebody look more like a goddamn Disney villain in the picture that they chose. <laughs> right? Listen, I get how you can crop some out-of-context video or a photo of somebody like doing a fiery speech or at a funeral or something and, and make them look all evil as fuck. But but Nasser sent us this picture where that like she chose for her Albuquerque City Council profile page, <laughs> and there is no way she's not plotting revenge against something fuzzy in that photograph <laughs> as they snapped it. <laughs> All right, so Heath, I got a little nostalgia for you. Timothy would like you to roast Donald Trump's ass. Okay, like roast Donald Trump or specifically his posterior? The latter, the posterior. Okay, okay. Donald Trump's ass has had more things pulled out of it than a uh, climate change agreement. <laughs> 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 Metaphors are way too generous. Just think about what literally traverses Donald Trump's colon every day. Oh, pass. Every day. His regular order at McDonald's is two Big Macs and two filet of fish. Holy shit. Wait, are you serious? Right. And his ass is handling the waste products of that. <laughs> his ass touches the bad parts of Big Macs and filet of fish every day. And the good parts are the rest of his body. He's made of that. Right? No. And it's made of the good parts. Yeah, exactly. Nasty. 
All right, Eli, I got a little atheism shit-stirring here. That means you're up. Sarah would like you to roast the directors of the atheist community of Polk County, herself and Keith. Oh, I love Sarah and Keith. So, fun fact, Sarah emceed the Florida Free Thought Conference back in the day, which, believe it or not, did not just include Sarah and Keith. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that she doesn't look like the teacher who got Miss Frizzle fired. So, Sarah, <laughs> be honest. She looks like an elementary school band teacher who really wants to go shot for shot with her students at graduation. She's <laughs> like pumped about it. And Keith, Keith looks like he's about to unveil a new flavor of gusher in a commercial from the 90s. Like, I get it, Keith. You're going for hardcore, but you definitely are about to push a button on the fruitinator, my friend. <laughs> Deacon Yasawa is going to be your bodyguard. Yeah, like exactly. Keith looks like he hangs out at the guitar center waiting to show someone how it's done on the keyboard. <laughs> like how it's done. And Tom, Thomas would like you to roast his buddy Scott. Jesus Christ. Scott lost 140 pounds. Wow. This year. What? Wow. 140 pounds in a year. How is that even possible, Scott? That's almost 12 pounds a month jesus i mean kudos to you and i mean that as someone who has lost a lot of weight in his life but that's forty-two thousand less calories every month did you take up a daily marathon running routine <laughs> did you have parts of you perhaps amputated <laughs> 140 pounds is an achievement scott and i hope that you keep it off and I'm sure you're a great guy, and I am not just saying that because now I'm scared that if I don't, you will unhinge your jaw and devour us all. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 Lost you. an end right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's mix things up for the next round and pull this roast train at impersonation station. First up, Heath, Paul and Melissa would like you to roast the Wiggles, but I'd like you to do mm -hmm. it as Eli. Oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Well, blondage, slasla, 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 melangia, melangia, slasla. Are you fucking kidding me, bro? I'm Maki Mark. Cecil, Cecil, carry this fucking segment by yelling from far away. Carry this segment for me. Yell from far away, so it's funny. Yell from far away. The Wiggles want to fuck. John Bonet. I need to be cut off here by a high staff character or else my thing doesn't work. Somebody, somebody has to be the straight man or my thing doesn't work. Mango nectar. Blood poo. If the jokes end, it's just me in reality. Blood poo. Blood poo. For the record, you were supposed to roast the wiggle. <laughs> the wiggle. The stupid. Ouch. I don't really oh. like this segment, guys. Can we stop? Very hurty. Oof. <laughs> All right, Noah, you're next. Mark would like a roast of Rand Paul. Great mm. job, Mark. Mm. And we're going to have you, Noah, do it as Cecil. I'm just Ooh. taking the headphones off for this. Okay, but, <laughs> I'm well, going but no, don't worry about it because we've already established on this show that I can't do impressions and... Cecil's only distinguishing characteristic is jogging anyway, so what am I supposed to do? I'm just going to do this roast out of breath? And, and in a similar vein, 
Rand Paul belongs on the back end of the insult, not the front. Like, if I want to, like, make fun of something else, I compare it to Rand Paul. <laughs> right? Like, X is like Rand Paul fucked Y. X looks like Rand Paul got stung by a Y. Like, that kind of shit. So, having failed at both ends of this assignment, I'm just going to pretend it was Tom's job and blame him. So, I, I, see, I worked in a Cecil impression eventually. I got <laughs> It's true. All right, Cecil, it's only fair to give you a chance at revenge here. George would like a roast of his friend Juliet, and go ahead and do it as me. Okay, all right, I'm going to try. (laughs) That's great. You got him. You got him. Look, Juliet. Juliet seems like a beautiful and intelligent young lady, and I don't have a lot to say about her looks or her demeanor, but holy shit, Juliet, have you seen these boyfriends of yours? I mean... I get hanging out with losers to make you look good. I do that every week on The Scathing Atheist. But wow, (laughs) one of these guys look like someone who will literally sleep on your couch until you move one day and don't tell him. That's for you, Heath. And the other (laughs) looks like somebody stepped in a baseball-sized piece of used bubble gum, then on a rat, then pried that off the bottom of their shoe, and then paid for it to go to NYU. That's for you, (laughs) (laughs) Heath. NYU made sure it wasn't me. All right, Eli, you're up next. Brandy would like a roast of her former boss, Martina, and I'd like you to do it as Tom. All right. Uh, Yeah, so So Martina is a former model who brings up the Lord for no reason and fired Brandy for not being a good fit for the team, i.e. not participating in the group prayers. Oh, wow. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, Tom roast. Martina is a nothing. (laughs) <laughs> an empty vessel in an old museum with a broken sign that once cleared of dust has no inscription. People forget Martina's name like an unlabeled face in an old yearbook in an old library in a town named Regret. She knows it is the soul she lacks, like the drink of water missing from a dying man's lips on a gallows of her own mediocrity. And when she dies, she will stare into the dusty winds of her own incompetence, flesh stripped from her bones by time and the hatred she has brought on herself, and will only form the notes of regret to the song of her that no one will ever hear, like a tree that falls in the forest. No one will care. It's <laughs> so beautiful. It's perfect. It's perfect. Frame that one, Tom. It's oh, so beautiful. It's perfect. Oh, so amazing. Oh, so great. It's perfect. All right, Tom. So you'll be doing your roast as Heath. So, of course, you're going to be roasting a dog, specifically Ben's <laughs> service dog, Calico. Okay. Uh, well, let me see if I can see the dog from way up here. Because I'm tall. I'm <laughs> tall. And I'm tall. And that's the thing you guys know about me. Uh how am I supposed to roast Calico? Why do you make me do the dog thing? Okay, no, I can't do it. Calico's a good girl. Yes, she is. She looks so soft. I would totally service that dog. <laughs> <laughs> she is a good girl, though. Not the last one. <laughs> this is like a stepsister, almost. All right. Oh, uh, not- <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not getting into it. You're going to pull me into it. I'm not getting into it. All right, so we've got one last impression before it's all over. Eli, how about a roast for Zach's friends, Rachel and Paul, as your French guy character? Oh, hello, Rachel and Paul. Perhaps you think you are hard to roast because you are both so very attractive. Mais non, mon frère. For I, a typical French gentleman, no perverts when I see them. <laughs> and so does everybody else. You are both very clearly wearing matching butt plugs in this photo. <laughs> And your pada do you fool no one in the world otherwise. <laughs> <laughs>
You also both appear to have picked your haircuts off a wall of supercuts. <laughs> uh, though Paul seems to have accidentally pointed at one of the barber brushes. <laughs> <laughs> And Cecil, Michelle would like you to roast none other than Paula fucking White. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Good job, Michelle. Paula White is the platonic ideal of a Karen. Right. She is (laughs) such a Karen that she got mad at 81.2 million people and threw a public tantrum where she looks like she's jerking off an imaginary horse for 10 straight minutes (laughs) and stroke and stroke and stroke until you have victory and stroke. (laughs) The best part is that in her mind, when she complained to God about 81.2 81.2 million votes. She literally thought she was talking to their manager. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Noah. John would like a then and now style roast from you. Yeah, right. Now, apparently he thought I'd sympathize since I'm almost his age, but like, since I age with Paul Rudarian immutability and still look the same <laughs> as I did in college, I can only measure time by looking at pictures like John's. <laughs> oh, that's so like, holy shit, we're almost the same age, dude. What the fuck happened to you? <laughs> I mean, I, like, I know you weren't falling from some great height, but at least back in the day, you looked like a I don't know, like a roadie that occasionally got mistaken for the bassist, right? Now you look like somebody who just just like shit right for the first time in a week at the end of the Metamucil commercial. I mean, look, John, time isn't kind to any of us, but it has it out for your ass. All right, so Heath, Thomas would like you to roast his coworker, Micah. All right, so apparently Micah tries to look smart to everybody by using fancy words to replace super simple words like yes. He uses fancy words for yes. <laughs> Fuck your face. What? Actual smart people subtract IQ when they hear people do yes. that. And just to get to your appearance there, you look like an activist for tucked in shirts. Like a really <laughs> activist for tucked in shirts. All right. So, Tom, IG would like you to roast their friend's ex-worker, Tim. All right. Tim is so afraid of the dick he craves. Nobody, I mean nobody, is that into gay blood lube fantasies unless they are absolutely mind-crushingly terrified of how much they want the D. And Tim wants that D. He dreams about it, and he hates himself almost as much as he craves that big, throbbing dong. Almost. (laughs) And this is the part where people would say, oh, isn't that sad that he can't just love himself? No, it's not sad. Fuck Tim. (laughs) Fuck him with his own internalized hate and fuck him with the shit he spews out into the world. (laughs) Tim is the reason that he hates himself. And he's at fault because it stops being something that happened to you when you're the one doing it to others. So fuck Tim. Fuck him hard and fuck him long and fuck him with that dick he longs for so much. <laughs> fuck him with that tree that fell in the woods that nobody could hear. <laughs> body bereft of soul and his flesh torn. I'll be chasing. I'll be chasing that every. every okay, fine. Yeah. Just can't show me up. It's my thing. Okay, Noah, got a special request for you here. Nikki would like you to roast cigarettes. Yeah. I'm uh, pretty sure this is neither the first nor the second time I've been called upon to give this particular roast, but I think I can handle it. Cigarettes. I am less than two weeks away from 500 days since we broke up. Nice work. Thank you. Mm. Cigarettes. 
Why are you still calling? It's over. <laughs> it's Get fucking. I haven't rethought it. I'm not gonna rethink it. I'm not interested. You're not better. I'm not worse. I don't miss you. At this point, I'm pretty sure you're legally classified as a goddamn stalker. You valueless piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, so Eli, Katie would like you to roast depression. Aha, depression. Never thought you'd be defeated by a 10-month-old baby, did you? <laughs> but your insistent nihilism does nothing against those chubby cheeks and arms and legs that look like someone popped a tin full of Pillsbury biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> you have no power here, depression, you boring postmodern problem of a chemical imbalance. You are not me, and you never were. Oh, sorry, what's that? Oh, you, you brought your friend anxiety with you. <laughs> he wants me to check the monitor in my son's room just to make sure the room isn't too hot or cold or humid or arid every four minutes for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> All right, Heath, uh, another one here for you. James would like a roast of Rocky's dog, Boudica. Okay. Uh, quick tangent before I get to Rocky's dog. We have a Google Doc with all the roast emails all together. And the one right above this one, so I saw it, it has a picture of James Lindsay trying to do a karate pose. What? <laughs> it does. No. <laughs> so stupid. And it's definitely Aikido specifically. <laughs> so I spent eh, most of the last hour just picturing any real martial arts person just walking up to James Lindsay and punching him in the face. <laughs> so, fun hour if anybody's feeling down. Just do that. Okay, Rocky's dog, Botica. Nope, actually, first Rocky, because we got a picture. Rocky's in it. Rocky is definitely telling his dog about how much he squatted during leg day that day. <laughs> <laughs> Botica aggressively doesn't care. Could not care less. Botica looks like her face is having a very severe allergic reaction to hearing about leg day and the blockchain every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Cecil, Robert would like a roast of himself. Okay, so Rob is a cop. He's doing the classic cop pose behind his high-speed pursuit minivan there. <laughs> Does your tiny Texas town buy their cop cars used from Avis? <laughs> <laughs> you look like someone playing GTA 4 with the graphics setting all the way down. Really far. <laughs> You look like you were such a small part in the video game plot. Someone just stretched a 2D photo over your 3D model. <laughs> <laughs> the only bit of fame you're going to get is being in the credits as small time cop from Texas or chili con carne fife. <laughs> carne fife. Uh, carne fife. It's like Barney. All right. So, Tom, Pamela would like you to roast her husband, Mark. Oh, Pamela. I thought this would be a challenge. Why? Why would it be a challenge? Because Mark seems like a genuinely kind-hearted and honest and brilliant man. You think that's going to stop me from, like, just shitting all over him? No, Pamela. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Mark. Mark is the kind of guy everyone looks up to because that's what he needs. He needs the adoration and the attention because without it, Mark would have just Mark. And without someone else, some cause, some student, a rescue dog or something to focus on, Mark would only have himself. Mark's whole self is a shield, a front, an act. He is a defense mechanism that he is himself desperate to maintain. Without the veneer of his selflessness and decency, Mark would have nothing to show for his time. And that's what he needs. The show. 
because he is afraid of time, of its maddeningly inexorable march. He feels the pressure to produce good work because he knows that without them, the world will forget to see him just as he so studiously avoids seeing himself. Also, what the fuck, Mark? Just become a patron. What are you still waiting for, man? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's wrap things up tonight with a round for our high rollers. These folks chipped in big, so let's go all in on the people that pissed them off. We're going to start with Tucker, who wants a full court roasting of Mormon leaders, Dallin Oaks, Rusty Nelson, Joe Worthlin, and Jeff Holland. All right. So, first of all, Tucker requested a roast specifically from the uncles, Mark, yeah. Doug, and Dan. Oh. So, I guess we should make sure we do these uh, as if we're very knowledgeable about Mormon history and, you know, do them cutting yet somehow endearing and with more talent than we normally have. Yeah, um, I don't know about that. But no. No, we're not doing that. Deal with it. <laughs> I'm going to start with Dallin Wait, Oaks, two years. <laughs> who looks like he's not just the president of... Keebler Hospice. He's also a member. <laughs> uh, Russell Nelson looks like he has a really neat, priceless antique he wants to sell you from his Needful Things store. <laughs> Either that or he really wants you to take into the back room and check out his latest Hellraiser cube. Right. <laughs> it looks like he had he wanted like a face transplant, but all they could find was a partially used sausage casing. <laughs> Alright, well, if we're going in order, that leaves me Joe Worthlin, who looks like he's fucking dead because he he's, he's dead he's been <laughs> dead for like this didn't happen since this was sent in or anything the motherfucker yeah. died in 2008 of course i can't imagine he looks a hell of a lot different now than he did right. back in 2008 <laughs> like, honestly if this motherfucker never stood at a bridge flagging down passing motorists and asking them three riddles he just wasn't taking full <laughs> advantage of his visage <laughs> all right dallin oaks no, that sounds like a shitty 70s folk cover band, Dallin Oaks, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Dallin Oaks actually sounds like the name for a shitty rehab facility you sent your meth head cousin to because you didn't want to spend the money on the good rehab facility. <laughs> <laughs> I go to Dallin Oaks. Dallin Oaks looks like James Carville. And that's gross because James Carville looks like Dallin Oaks. <laughs> They're both hideous. That's what I'm saying. They're fucking hideous. Oh, and, and Dallin, God isn't, like, talking to you. Because if there were a god and he were talking to you, he'd be telling you to get the fuck out of that weird cult, you goddamn freak. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that leaves me with Jeff Holland. Uh, and podcast listener, I know this is not a visual medium, but you 100% have to Google Jeff Holland Mormon. Because the picture <laughs> that Google.com brings up it's amazing. that's in his box, it's in his Wikipedia box, is all the roasts you ever fucking need. Either... The algorithm of Google now understands I only Google religious people to roast them, or they have learned to distill a personality into a Google image search. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he can't believe Mrs. Finnegan's fourth grade class is going to waste a perfectly good hamster by not fucking it to death. <laughs> All right, so Alicia would like me, Tom, and Eli to roast her ex-husband, Matthew. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Me and Cecil, we're just going to go fuck ourselves. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. 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 Thanks, up. Alicia. Okay, cool. Thanks, so <laughs> whenever we learn about an abusive piece of shit like Matthew, there's always been a part of me that would like much rather just kick their ass. And, oh, my God, I've never been so sure of an ass I could kick than Matthews. Look, I'm no gladiator, my friends, but I'm pretty sure I could tell my 10-month-old there are blueberry puffs inside Matthews' ribcage, and nature would take its course. He looks 
Like the barista in a coffee shop that provides each customer a jar of their own farts to sniff while they drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've actually kind of been looking forward to this one because Alicia's fucking great. We, we've known her for years, and she is such a kind, generous, and humorful person. And if I had to put up with the hell that she has been through because of this worthless piece of shit, I would be none of those things. Alicia? Ooh, okay. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, Alicia. He is one of those people who's so entirely meritless and bland and shitty that you're almost impressed that he manages to maintain his narcissism, right? <laughs> you just look at him and you're like, just really? You? I just, I didn't, I would have never. Got, like, so you figure like they, like that's where eyes are just supposed to fit into the head there then. <laughs> it's a good right. thing for you. You're right. supposed to point that way. All right. Whatever you say, man. Are you negging him? <laughs> We got a lot of detail on this one, and I, I learned that Matthew put Alicia on a sex schedule. What? Which sounded like the least sexy thing ever, except for Matthew. Yeah. That's actually yep. the least sexy thing ever. But we've done a lot of roasts of a lot of exes, and, like, we've done some really awful people, but nobody else has ever used the verb comply to describe their sex life. And Matthew, here's a tip. If someone is complying, no, they're not. Nope. Nope. Mm. And Matthew, your needs do not need to be fulfilled. That's that's not a thing. You don't have needs. You have desires. Needs are things like food and shelter. Sex isn't a need. It's not something someone owes you. What I'm saying is, if you have to sell it that hard, take the hint that you're not worth buying. Okay? <laughs> it's no wonder Alicia left you years ago. The wonder is she didn't leave you at the altar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got one for Eli and Cecil. Iconoclast, Iconoclast, would like you to, the, would like the two of you to chat like best friends. We're not doing this. this. I'm amazing. not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to read it. Hey, hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? Uh, you did a great impression of me earlier, Noah. Why don't you take <laughs> There he is. Sorry, I'm late, buddy. I had to stop. And get this! You found it! <laughs> I sure did. After the last one got dented at the last sword event we went to together, I thought, no way am I sending him to the Gulf War with a dent in his helmet. You're the best, Eli. <laughs> oh, no. You are. I can't believe we're facing each other in the championship after we tied in our match last week. Huh. Don't expect me to go easy on you, buddy. Don't expect me to go easy on you. Gentlemen, are you ready to order? Yes, Tom. We'll take two tomato juices... With, With just, just one, one ice, ice cube, cube or we'll, or we'll send, send it, it back. Very good. The most insulting part there is that you'd think we saw you in a sword fight. Are you kidding? <laughs> Why was I a waiter? Why was I even in this guy? <laughs> uh, all right. Another one for all of us here. Chris would like a roast of Confederate flag supporters. He wants me to take out my neighbors. Everybody, everybody's going to tag it, but I'm going first. It really, the Confederate flag really is the used jock of American history. It's a smelly piece of cloth that belongs as close as possible to the taint. It supports the part of the USA that are sagging, hairy, gross, and definitely the most fragile. Oh, well done, sir. I had a trapper keeper that lasted longer than the Confederate flag. I've had erections last longer. I, I had a piss jar next to my bed that lasted oh, okay. longer than the 20th. And, and I never put a flag for my piss jar on the back of my car and drove around with it. But if I did, that jar 
never fought a war in favor of slavery. <laughs> that history yeah. flag yeah. would be way more reasonable than a Confederate flag in every context. <laughs> See, the thing is, I, for one, love Confederate flags. I Unironically, I do. I love that flag. If you want to know, do the hills around me have eyes? It's nice to know there's a flag right out in the open to tell you. Yeah. It's good. Well, no, but, so, but I get it. Though. Like For a teeny little flash in the historical record, people like you were relevant. I mean, they, they, they were relevant in so much as they were causing unprecedented amount of deaths to slightly forestall something that was both inevitable and a moral imperative. But for just a minute, it seemed like you might eventually matter. And then you didn't. I guess I, I, mean, I would be better. I can see how you got better. Confederate <laughs> flag supporters look like far side cartoon hillbillies. Yep. You look like you've never been to a wedding that wasn't at an Elks club. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next up, we need a roast for people who misgender Rich, who I believe we met at the uh, London Live Show and and, uh, QED. Yeah, hi, Rich. And to everyone who misgendered Rich, if you ever meet me, you better make sure your Aikido is way better than James fucking Lindsay's Aikido. (laughs) Because I will probably have Tom and Cecil with me, and they will be (laughs) drunk. People that misgender Rich just want attention for being that kind of asshole. So, no, I won't give them that attention. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so people who misgender Rich and people who misgender any damn buddy and then do anything but apologize and feel like an asshole for the rest of the day, you're like if using the wrong form of your had a victim, right, other than <laughs> me. Like, so, like, as much as that, like, every fiber of my being bristles at their, their confusion or whatever, I'm trying my best to tamp down on that amid the realization that it's kind of elitist and I'm privileged to... You know, have as good of an education as I do, but that part of me still really wants out. It wants a target. Don't volunteer to be that target, you stupid <laughs> fuck. People who misgender rich go sit in the corner with the people who think Beatles are overrated and white chocolate is the best chocolate. You're wrong about all the things you don't deserve to be right. It's not even chocolate. Butter. Butter. And, fellas, you should just get on to writing your book. You know, that book of yours. How to be really fucking boring in one yeah, easy step. <laughs> Just one step. Clean your room. And... F- <laughs> <laughs> sound like Red Skull. Uh, Rock Lobster. Fight Captain America. All right. And finally, Derek would like us to roast people who didn't donate this year or last year. Or, well, two years ago. Now. Two years. Yeah. Uh, don't even worry about it, guys. You know, people were doing fine over the last year. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently you would have had to wait a year and a half to get mentioned on our world-famous podcast. So it wasn't even <laughs> worth helping the people. So you wouldn't have got your prize right away. But uh, definitely donate next time. We're going to have a much better system for incentivizing basic human decency with a podcast-based reward. <laughs> so, maybe maybe <laughs> next time you jump in. Look, we can't make you care about people. If we could, there'd be no Republicans. I, I guess what I'm saying is people who didn't donate are Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Look, look, I'm sure somebody else can handle it for you. They can do your part. Warning, the following podcast contains adult language. So either turn it off or stop being such a fucking baby. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Allbirds, My Sheets Rock, and by Vaccines, the reason you're probably alive right now. Vaccines, because not dying is preferable for some of us. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Yo, it's me, Marky Mark, here off the set of We Bought a Zoo 2, 
please take back this zoo to tell you that we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men. It's May 6th, and it's International No Diet Day and National Beverage Day. Same day. Oh, yeah. So when you're drinking the blood of Christ, go hard, everybody. (laughs) I'm I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from John Stewart's New Jersey. Hell yeah. Drew Carey's Ohio. This (laughs) is The Scathing Atheist. This week's episode, Josh Duggar is still a pedophile. Religion continues to act like soccer hooligans, but without the soccer. That's fun. And we'll make Callie Wright watch a Matt Powell video. <laughs> we will. <laughs> but first, the Eliotrod. You want to know one of the best things about being an atheist? I get to be wrong. I'm serious. There's nothing I believe or know that I can't change my mind about given new evidence. I am an ontological floozy, my friends, and I am proud of it. If tomorrow NASA announces that the moon is made out of cheese, you and me, we get to line up with our fondue forks first. I mean, if you're like me, maybe you Facebook a few of your smarter friends first to make sure you're not just misreading the headlines. But then it's all good, baby. I hope it's cheddar. And that's great, because I don't know about you, but I'm wrong a lot. I mean, sure, sometimes I've been wrong about fun stuff, like how to pronounce chimera, but I've also been wrong about a bunch of not fun stuff, too. At various times in my life, I have held deeply racist, homophobic, transphobic, and just plain stupid opinions. And yes, I am incredibly lucky. I had patient friends and family and teachers that changed my mind at those times. But I also had an ideological framework that could change. And religious people don't have that privilege because at the foundation of all religious belief is an infinite, universal and unchangeable truth. Otherwise, it's not religion. And a religious person, no matter how woke, intelligent or intellectually curious by definition of being religious, has to run everything they know through the filter of that unchanging truth. They have to run every new true thing they learn by a pastor or a holy book or at the very least a worldview, and they have to say to themselves, is this one of those true things I'm allowed to believe, or is this one of the ones that I have to ignore? And the thing is, Joel Osteen, he never gets to change his mind. Not about gay marriage, neither does Ray Comfort or Franklin Graham. They have denied themselves one of the best parts of being human, which is changing your mind and growing because of it. Look, I'm not claiming to know the meaning of life or even that there is one, but if there is, that's pretty fucking close. And and look, don't get me wrong, I don't want you to think that I'm saying all religious people are bigots, but none of them aren't bigots because of their religion. We've made our way through pretty much all the major holy books on this show, and I have yet to find one that would leave anybody less bigoted. And yeah, modern religious people can find bits of nice poetry here and there and apply messages of tolerance to them, but 
only by ignoring the other parts in the same book that in no uncertain terms clarifies that you gotta kill a gay guy and witches with rocks. And this isn't an accident, right? Religion was made up exactly for this reason, so that people don't have to change their mind. You know, why hasn't Steven Anderson changed his mind about trans people in spite of overwhelming scientific evidence? Because the 2,000-year-old book he's based his morality around hasn't changed, and it never will. I mean, look, religion doesn't keep a lot of promises, but that is the promise it keeps. We will sell you a worldview, and you will never, ever have to change it. Because changing your mind about shit that matters... It's fucking hard. It's embarrassing and it's uncomfortable and nobody likes doing it. But we have to. If we're going to move forward as a species, we have to be willing to admit when we're wrong and we have to change as a result. The truth has to matter, even if it means looking in the mirror and seeing some stuff we're not proud of. Now, me, I get the privilege of doing that publicly. My pronunciation of nuclear is burned into the digital record. But the stuff you're wrong about? It's probably not. You get to correct your mistakes a lot less publicly, and you get to correct them now. You don't need anybody's permission but your own. So let me ask you, what are you wrong about? And what are you going to do about it? They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight is the... Uh, Thelma to my Louise, Eli Bosnick. <laughs> Eli, I guess, uh, are you ready for a romantic road trip to the Grand Canyon? Maybe you let me drive for that one? I told you, you can drive on the way back up, Keith. You can drive <laughs> on the way back up. <laughs> Great. In our lead story tonight, we have a tricky situation, honestly. Ooh. Yeah. 45 people were trampled to death, possibly more. Hundreds more were definitely injured during a human stampede in Maron, Israel last week. Obviously, that's a tragic, tragic incident. So the tricky part is assigning blame and making snide remarks. But luckily, that's like our whole thing. We have a lot yep, of experience with this mm-hmm. right in the wheelhouse. I think we'll figure it out. <laughs> and there's definitely some blame to go around, mostly for religion, yep. conceptually. <laughs> the entire reason for the gathering of about 100,000 people in a tiny area on Mount Maron during a global pandemic mm-hmm. was the holiday of Lag Bomer. It was extremely important because of that holiday for a hundred thousand people to get together right fucking now without skipping one single version of that holiday to celebrate the death of a rabbi from about 1900 years ago. That rabbi revealed how Kabbalah firebending works. So they had to have the holiday. He did. Against government advisement, by the way. Like, keep in mind, Israel is just starting to get a lid on COVID through their vaccination program. So a 100,000 person birthday party is exactly the opposite of what they needed. Yep, sure is exactly the opposite. So the event turned into a tragedy when some people started leaving the magic firebending area at the top of that mountain (laughs) and walking down a ramp. Apparently, it was slippery from spilled water and spilled grape juice, and people fell down on that ramp. And then everyone else just kept going. Nobody seems to know what caused the sudden urgency, but everyone started pouring out immediately, trampling a bunch of people. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a very nice and not at all anti-Semitic way to tell the story. He's but I, I agree. Based on early reports, Orthodox Jews managed to find the one spot police had asked them not to trample down, and they were like, I must trample down this stairwell. <laughs> okay. like... It could not have been any more stereotypical <laughs> of my people if the cause was that someone had dropped a penny. Okay. <laughs> so we could have just gone with my explanation that was not anti-Semitic. That's could have. what Eli said. Okay. <laughs> Here's the terrifying reality. The 45 trampling fatalities might actually be lower than the death toll from COVID that's going to butterfly out from this gathering. Mm -hmm. It might. Israel had a pretty good rollout on the vaccine, like Eli said, but the ultra-Orthodox community is exactly who wasn't getting enough of the shot. And the event had thousands of kids from that community who were under 16 and couldn't get the vaccine even if they wanted to get it. Also, this tradition was flagged a while ago as an absurd idea, even when there's not a plague. Mm -hmm. In 2008 and 2011, a government watchdog agency told everyone, guys, this is going to end really badly at some point, I guarantee you. <laughs> and in 2013, the regional police chief in that area said, oh, we really need to shut this down because a literal stampede might happen. Those yeah. are my words right now. We might talk about this later. And then in 2018, a prominent journalist and a member of the ultra-Orthodox community, actually, called the venue a death trap, exact words. All that being said, on the other hand, old-timey firebending magic. Firebending magic, yeah, exactly. You know, Jews are fond of saying the world tries to kill us once a generation. Is it our turn this generation, guys? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> I didn't get the email. I've been missing the meetings. But is, are we're doing it, this one? All right, and just for context, I looked up the history of stampedes, and in the last century, okay, they only seem to happen for three reasons. Mm. The first is an outside influence, like a bomb or a fire in a building or a structure collapsing. Good reason for a stampede. Th those are a little bit more there. reasonable, yes. The second is mostly drunk idiots at a soccer game or a concert. Okay. And pretty much... Every single other stampede of human beings in the last century is a religion thing with way too many people in a small area. Yeah. So just in case blocking science and godly bigotry and war and genocide and, oh, I forgot, yeah, raping children, in case all that didn't have you on, you know, organized religion as a problem, it also leads to human beings trampling other human beings to death. Yep. More than almost any other thing human beings do. Mm -hmm. Also, people need to calm the fuck down about the sports team they're not even a member of. I think that's the other big takeaway. <laughs> okay, this from the guy who yells, go Yankees, at everyone wearing a Yankees hat. Okay. Have you ever seen? They should, at least say, go Yankees back. I'm just saying. <laughs> I want to start a stampede. See? All right. See, see, I, I see what happened. I see what happened there. It's tricky. I didn't take away my takeaway. I'm, I'm calming down. Keith stampeded around in a little circle around our studio. You guys couldn't see. I, I really did. I really he did. did. He got me. I tried to get, I tried to get Eli down. Into, we wrestled for a second. Hey, he's weirdly strong. Yeah. On that note, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, Allbirds. He'll love that. Hey, podcast listener. I'm Heath Enright. Heath, wait. And uh, oh, Don't do this. Uh, Eli, I was just about to talk about our brand new sponsor, Allbirds. What's wrong? I know, but we can't sell our podcast listeners all the birds. It's bad for the planet. They no. they okay. pollinate the flowers and stuff for their honey. <sighs> okay, yes. For, first of all, 
pretty sure you're thinking of bees, not birds. Secondly, Allbirds isn't a company that sells all the birds. I get that those words are there. They make shoes. Oh, shoes? Yeah, shoes. But if you're worried about the planet, good news. Allbirds tree runners are made from sustainable, natural materials that feel light on your feet and are better for the planet. The tree runners are breathable, machine washable, and made with responsibly sourced eucalyptus tree fiber. Plus, simple and versatile design makes the tree runner a perfect to-go shoe for any outfit. And they're good for the earth? Yep. Even their packaging is made from 90% recycled cardboard that's a shoebox, shopping bag, and mailer all in one. Wow. But are they actually, like, nice shoes? They are nice shoes. Allbirds sent us a pair to try, and they're my new walking-around-the-house shoe and my new walking-around-the-town shoe. They're stylish and breezy in a way that's perfect for any look that you've got going. Ooh, that does sound good. Heath, where do I check them out? This spring, keep things light and breezy with the Allbirds Tree Runner. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Allbirds. Despite our company name, we are not trying to sell you all the birds. Uh, I don't really think they, they need that tagline. Oh, they need it. I think everybody got it. And we're back. And in news from the pedophile, <laughs> Josh Duggar is still a pedophile. Yeah. But, but, the good news really, the is good it news. looks like he's about to go to jail for 40 oh, years. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Silver lining, I guess. Feels weird to call that a win in 2021, but we're going to take what we can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, here's the backstory for those of you lucky enough to have missed it. Way back in the day, Duggar was featured on the Learning Channel on a little program called 19 Kids and Counting because the forced breeding of evangelical Christians is a terrible idea and I can't believe it's legal wasn't catchy <laughs> enough to you know put on the TV guide. Right, yeah, I remember that show. Or as I like to call it, 18 Counts No Kidding. <laughs> Something like that. That's so good. Oh, so good. <laughs> I demand a total and complete halt to the podcast. We should have a moment of silence for how good that joke is. That joke actually aged better. Well, uh, I don't know, it's a bad phrase. Age better than Josh. To, you know what? You, you get it. Go ahead. You got it. Go yeah, ahead. You got it. <laughs> anyway, we all had a really good time pointing and laughing at this family until 2015 when it came out that Duggar had been accused of molesting four of his sisters and another girl. TLC promptly canceled the show because they had no idea members of an end times cult might have some unhealthy thoughts about things. Shocking. Yeah. 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 The, at least, at least they cancel it. But there were still plenty of healthy shows to watch on TLC. They had Return to Amish. Fantastic. That's, that's about a healthy cult, I guess. <laughs> they had Sex Sent Me to the ER. They had Extreme Couponing. They had Long Island Medium. And they had two different shows. Two different shows with an ethnic slur for the Romani people in the title. Yeah. Great job, TLC. Different time. Different time. Puh. Not a better time, just a different one. That cake boss, say yes to the dress, too. Cake boss, but... what? Yeah. He wasn't sure if he could make that cake, but then the episode, <laughs> he made that cake. <laughs> but having your show canceled because you're a fucking creep didn't stop the Duggars from portraying themselves as political and moral figures, which ironically included participation in robocalls from Josh's mom, Michelle Duggar, in 2014 against LGBTQ people, in which she said, God, literal, so hard. irony-drenched quote, yeah. 
I doubt that Fayetteville parents would stand for a law that would endanger their daughters or allow them to be traumatized by a man joining them in their private space. Interesting. We should never place the preference of an adult over the safety and innocence of a child. End real quote. Yikes. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, it sounds like Michelle Duggar would probably be cool with a pedophile bathroom bill, right? I mean, that would mean Josh has to, like, shit in his hand and hold it until outdoor time at prison. You know, there's no kids in prison, for the, but, you know, just in case. Just in case, verse of that rule. take your kid to prison day, probably for the best. So that policy is going to make it really hard to imagine the next family photo for the Duggars. But as I hinted, <laughs> last week, Josh was arrested for the receipt and possession of child pornography. Because if there's anything you can learn from listening to this podcast, it's any time a Christian warns you about anything... They're talking about themselves or their family. <laughs> sure the fuck are. <laughs> By the way, Josh Duggar was also an executive director at the Family Research Council. Huh. Have they said anything about this recently? Have, they, Have you heard them say? Did they make I, a statement? I'm going to check there. Nothing? Are they talking no. about this? Let me refresh. Yep, still nothing. Still nothing. That's so yeah. weird. You figured they'd say something. And speaking of things you can do in your bedroom to make the FRC angry, let's hear from this week's next sponsor, My Sheets Rock. Hey there, cats and kittens. Do you like to keep it smooth? Oh, hello. I was just relaxing in this robe. I, uh, I stole it from the hotel at QED. Do you like to keep things cool? Would you like a warm bottle of green tea? I keep them under my bed because you technically don't have to refrigerate them. Well, no sexy bedroom is complete without the regulator sheets from My Sheets Rock. I could get you a glass, but I only have one, and it's dirty. The regulator sheets are designed specifically to keep hot sleepers cool and cold sleepers comfortable. They regulate temperature, wick moisture, stay breathable, and are so soft you'll sleep comfortable every night. That's because these sheets are made from best-in-class bamboo rayon, the holy grail of sheeting. This miracle material transfers body heat two times more effectively than regular sheets and reduces humidity by 50%, so you can experience your best night's sleep yet, or whatever you do in the bedroom. We could watch The Office on my laptop. I like the early seasons. In fact, my sheets rock sent us a pair to try, and they were so smooth and silky, my voice has sounded like this ever since. But what if I don't believe? Don't believe me? Their five-star customer reviews speak for themselves. Plus, they offer a 90-day risk-free trial and free shipping and returns. Check out My Sheets Rock at MySheetsRock.com slash scathing and enter rock code scathing for 10% off and free shipping. That's MySheetsRock.com slash scathing code scathing. My Sheets Rock, keeping things cool and smooth in the bedroom. I only have one charger and... I'm using it. <laughs> Stop. Don't unplug it. So Matt Powell is a creationist pastor and our employee here at Puzzle in the Thunderstorm who is working off his very substantial debt for copyright infringement. <laughs> you might remember him from Science Falsely So-Called about how he pwned evolution with facts and logic or his video debunking the surfing monkey theory of allopatric speciation, or his video debunking the dinosaurs farted themselves into extinction theory of atheist biology. It's a big one. And given his field of expertise, 
it made perfect sense for him to make a video about Columbine. So that's what we're going to talk about on this week's God Awful Mini. Eli's already here on the show, so he doesn't need another intro. That was a very messy fight that we had. I hate that. But he's here. Hello, Eli. Hello. Hello. I've been introduced. And we're joined by <laughs> veteran guest maskist and host of the Queer Splaining podcast, Callie Wright. Callie, welcome back. Oh, thank you for having me. This movie was fucking great. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. Let's get right into it. Callie, I already hinted at the topic. Let's make it official. What god-awful mini are we going to be breaking down today? So we watched Columbine, 22nd anniversary documentary, in parentheses for some reason, <laughs> by, by Matt Powell. It is the story of one man's desperate and failed attempt to use iMovie. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's perfect encapsulation. And Eli, how bad was this mini? Well... If you're already impressed with Matt Powell's measured and thoughtful approach to science, and you'd like to see if he can do worse at history than the time he thought pterodactyls were in the Civil War, <laughs> you will okay. love this YouTube that's, video. That's a real thing, though. It's a real thing about pterodactyls in the Civil mm -hmm. War. So we're going to start with exactly zero seconds before it goes off the rails. <laughs> yep. The very first thing we get is a title card that says... Evolution-inspired Columbine. That's the thesis statement. <laughs> and I really need to say at the beginning, I'm a, a Matt Powell virgin. I'd never actually watched anything by him before. Ooh. Watching his delivery just made me wish we were watching a Ben Shapiro video. <laughs> like, he, he lacks the charm and the camera presence of the wet-ass <laughs> pussy aficionado. And the, 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 the bobblehead thing that he's got right. going on. The gravitas. I, right. I also love that Matt wore his serious mass shooting tracksuit for this video. Yes, he did. He has one of those. He's wearing it. But again, just to be clear, the thesis is the Columbine shooters were like, Poetically inspired by the amazing journey of single-celled organisms, like a muse. That's that's what he's saying throughout this ridiculous mini. Yeah. Yeah. He tells us that they did it on Hitler's birthday. They loved Hitler. Yeah. And then he concludes by going, I'm Matt Powell, and I've spent multiple hours of research on this. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I feel like that's true. I feel like that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I bet you did. Also, by the way, he's clearly borrowed somebody's living room to shoot this that has like a grown-up couch to distract <laughs> us from the fact that he lives on bunk beds in real reality. I was going to say, after the last review we did, he was like, fine, no more shooting on the bunk beds. Now you've ruined it for everyone. <laughs> we also get a clip from ABC News here, you know, around the time of Columbine, right after it. And apparently ABC News had like a, a jaunty graphic when they reported the Columbine shooting. Thank you. Th that oh. graphic says high school massacre, but it's on a it's on a piece of notebook paper with bullet holes instead of three ring binder holes. <laughs> Who fucking decided to have that? Who was like, let's get our graphics guy to punch up a nice fun <laughs> graphic for this? What the fuck? And like, I have lots of friends who are journalists, and so like, I have an idea of how many layers of approval that had to go through. There were there had to have been at least four or five people that were like, oh yeah, yeah, bullet holes in notebook paper. That's that's good. Let's go with that. That's, graphic. That is the gravitas that we're looking for when we talk about this school shooting. <laughs> Here is the thing I learned from this video. It's none of the things Matt Powell wanted me to. It's that the tone of the news around the Columbine shooting was fucking 
weird. Okay. Throughout right. this video, he will show news clips and at various points it'll be like, the mass shooters enter the cafeteria. But at other times it'll be like, the mass shooters enter the cafeteria. <laughs> now let's head over to Bob for the weekly movie review. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. And this little scene ends with Matt Powell saying out loud, I'm an avid historian of Nazi-inspired mass shooters. I did extensive <laughs> research about why they did it. By the way, spoiler, it's the amoebas. That's the that's amoebas, the yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to cut to some more news footage of Columbine High School and the interviews with the survivors of the massacre. And I just wrote in my notes, it's weird that these kids grew up and didn't pass gun control, huh? That's weird, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also during one of these news clips, again, from ABC, they had someone write like a woodwind medley for the Columbine sitcom yes. that they seem to be Ooh. presenting to us. It was really weird stuff. Do, do, do. And this is like, I'm just going to be ragging on the production. Like, as someone who makes videos and podcasts, I was wondering why it was intercut with like a dramatization of like kids murdering other kids. And I was like, where did, where did this come from? And so he stole that clip from another YouTube that stole a documentary someone else made. And I feel like that completely wow. sums this movie up. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Honestly, photocopy of a photocopy while trying not to get the watermark is a great description of Matt Powell as a human being, let alone as a documentarian. Because <laughs> right. it's, so, it's so like weirdly zoomed in, so like half of the name on the watermark is, is cropped out. But there's like one <laughs> clip where he doesn't, and that's where that's how I was able to find <laughs> it. That's amazing. Okay, one quote from this scene that I want to mention. He says, the shooters were bullied, and they turned to their belief system for comfort. That belief system was survival of the fittest. Okay, so just to be clear, at least one of the shooters was most certainly a Christian. That's a, yeah. just a fact. Mm -hmm. it's so ridiculous. Also, you can't use atheism to get to, to violence. It's so dumb. It's so yes, some atheists are violent, but you don't get there because of the atheism. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to find the advocation for violence in our holy book that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, he also says here that they were avid believers in racism. Hard cut while Matt apologizes to racists. Yeah. <laughs> so throughout, we're going to get to my absolute favorite part of this in just a second. But throughout this. Matt will be like, they were racist, and there will always be a cut. And I cannot imagine it's not because Matt always finishes that sentence with, and look, I get it, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> he also says the media never reported that the shooters were Nazi evolutionists. Yeah, they fucking did. A bunch of yeah. them did. And right after he says that, they immediately cut to a reporter saying they wore Nazi crosses. So... Yes, they did. Matt, you made the documentary, buddy. You stole this and stuck it into iMovie. You don't have to disprove yourself one point after the other. Yeah. Th this is just like every time somebody's like, such and such happened and no one's talking about it. I'm like, hmm, I wonder. Google search five mainstream news outlets talking about it within the last day. And I just like oh. send that screenshot over. There you go. <laughs> Casual Google. He's wrong. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. However, this is where we will meet the star of this mini documentary, Matt Powell trying to use air quotes. It will be for the first time right here around the word mystery. And it's like a gerbil trying to escape a glass enclosure, my friends. He's like, they say it's a mystery why they did it. And I'm like, no, nah, it's not. 
It's not the tone or the gesture, Matt. Not, not the tone not or the gesture. All how air quotes work. <laughs> at one point, he starts to do air quotes on something equally ridiculous, and he looks at his own air quotes. He like turns his palms up and is like, "What am I doing right now? What is this gesture accomplishing for me? Am I the quote? <laughs> not the best at ad libbing, <laughs> Matt Powell. Not the best at ad libbing." And if he has a script, it's even worse. Right. <laughs> he also points out that Eric Harris, one of the Columbine shooters, created a website that had the word evolution on it. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he also liked Smash Mouth. He had a Smash Mouth playlist. <laughs> Maybe he murdered to be an all-star. Like, what the fuck kind of reasoning is that? Yeah. Why Why would someone put stuff on the Internet that demonstrates how little they know about a thing? That's weird. <laughs> why, would, why would anyone do that, Matt? So now he's going to repeat the weird Rachel Joy Scott quote thing. So for, for those of you who don't know, Rachel Joy Scott was one of the girls who was killed in the Columbine shooting. And her mom wrote a book where... <sighs> It appears she made up this thing about the killers grabbing Rachel and asking her if she believed in God and then shooting her. And maybe she was told that by a student, but there's not a lot of corroborating sources. And this is a grieving parent. So I want to be gentle. However, I don't have to be gentle to Matt Powell's version where he's like, so there she was lying on the ground in a pool of her own blood. And I showed up with a machine gun and killed Richard Dawkins. I mean, I say (laughs) absolutely. Okay. This narrative, again, grieving parents. Okay, I get it. But, like, it's directly contradicted by an eyewitness and a 911 tape. Right. This is not what happened. Like, Rachel, who got killed, definitely didn't say, yes, I believe in God, gunshot. Not what happened. Yeah. Embarrassing admission here. I was still kind of in my Christian phase when all this went down. And I totally, like, bought that hook, line, and sinker. And if we're not friends anymore, I understand. (laughs) Hey, so did I. I was like, oh, it's so (laughs) sad and terrible. Also, like, who at the time was going to be like, I think that dead girl's mom is fucking lying. (laughs) Right. 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 But if you're Matt Powell, it means that you've got to pair up your own weird narration with a clip from the movie I'm Not Ashamed, which is Gam episode 63, which is Gam episode 63, (laughs) and also her mom's weird lie turned into a full-length movie. It's gross. And in that clip, Rachel, in the movie I'm Not Ashamed, has a gun to her head. The killer has just said, hey, do you still believe in God after all this? Problem of evil, right? And she's like, you know I still do. And the killer says, then go be with him. And she smiles as he executes her because she's going to heaven now. Yeah. It's so fucking manipulative. But don't worry. If you were bummed out by the real death of that girl, now Matt Powell is entirely going to get the fuck off script and say that the Columbine killers then walked around the rest of the school shooting all the students who said yes, which is... Not just totally made up out of Matt Powell's head. It's also a ridiculous image. The idea that, they're like, hey, do you believe in God? Blam. Do you believe in God? Blam. You'd think someone would have started saying no at some point, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Right. They run into a room and they're like, okay, hands up if you're Christian. And they <laughs> shot the Christian hands that went up only. First of all, absolutely not. Second of all, they planned to set off bombs in the school. I'm assuming those weren't Christian exclusive bombs somehow with like <laughs> magnets. No. Well, and, and over this, they have this 911 call tape 
which again, maybe the wrong thing to fixate on. Why was the inverted exclamation point? (laughs) Like over the badly cropped picture of the person where he's talking about them killing the Christian kids. And the tape is literally of someone just saying like, oh, my God, help me. It's was, yeah. was that a European quote? Was it Spanish <laughs> somehow? It's very strange. I was I was very curious about that, and and also the font on this one completely different than the font throughout the rest of the video. Yeah. Yep. Stealing from multiple sources. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Then he plays us an audio clip that's apparently like a real audio clip somehow that they have. Yeah. And he's like, as you can hear from this audio clip, this really happened, and we listen to it, and it's just like for four minutes, and then he and then he's like, so yeah. Only killing Christian kids, QED, as you can hear from uh, the clip I just yeah, played. It sounds like my audio from last week's podcast. And he's like, as you can see, they are taking a survey of everyone's religion and uh, only killing the Christian. No, completely inaudible. Like, I'm not crazy, right? There's nothing to be heard in that nothing. very There's long no, there, no, there is. So oh, I, really? I, I actually, I played this part on repeat several times and I turned it up to like painful volume because I'm like, oh my God, is there fucking anything here? And... It's just like it's straight up manipulation because the only thing you hear from the guys who were doing the shooting was the stuff that was on the screen where they were like, yeah, somebody get over here. There was just nothing that supported what at all what Matt was saying. Oh, OK. So there actually were words. They were just completely irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah badly supports the point. Sounded terrible. Just, yeah, nothing. Cool. Nothing, nothing would have been better, actually. <laughs> right. Good job, Matt. But now it's time to set the record straight. Historically about Adolf Hitler. Mm. And the first thing Matt wants us to know here is that Hitler was not a Christian. Okay. He was an evolutionist. Yeah. Mm. Well, regardless of that, I'm pretty sure a few of the Nazis were Christian. I feel like that was happening in Germany then, a little bit of Christianity, two, maybe. maybe. Mm-hmm. Also, pretty sure a few neo-Nazis are Christian. Maybe all of them. Maybe just yeah. about all of them. Just about yeah. all of them. But that's okay, because his source on whether or not Hitler was a Christian is Sir Arthur Keith. Do we on the panel know anything about Sir Arthur Keith? I think you have some interesting I'm facts. I'm happy to say I your don't, but uh, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> well, again, you know, I had to Google because apparently Matt didn't. So <laughs> this guy was like one of the OG Humanity is three distinct races, and this is a direct quote. It can be asserted that intermarriage between members of the three groups produces inferior progeny. Hence, racial segregation is to be recommended. However, the different races can still assist and cooperate with each other in the interests of peace and harmony. Oh, good. Good. Saved it. If we're going to play the game where we cherry pick quotes, (laughs) (laughs) I would. (laughs) It's really important that that one be included, I think. Yeah, so we get Arthur Keith telling us that Hitler wasn't a Christian, even though there are several quotes available where Hitler calls Hitler a Christian. <laughs> right. Matt then explains that Hitler wasn't a true Scotsman because he didn't play the bagpipes. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is also where we're introduced to, I would say, the protagonist of the movie. Not my favorite part, but it is uh, Matt Powell's pronunciation of the word Darwinism. Is he okay? <laughs> which would be Darwinism. <laughs> I think he thinks all isms have to be, like, super stressed. He does it with a couple other isms throughout the movie, too. Mm-hmm. And he does so many edits. He does, like, four edits in one sentence sometimes to get a one simple sentence out. But he does the edit after he's like, Darwinism, and then there's an edit. So he kept, yeah. he kept, he knows about editing. It's ridiculous. That means that the best take he had of him saying that <laughs> word was Darwinism. 
I, I produce podcasts for a living, Matt. Just throwing that out there if you want to, if you want to learn a couple of YouTube things. YouTube videos that don't suck. Check it out, man. <laughs> just for you. We've got special rates. One, one other moment from this scene. He says, Christianity doesn't cause people to act in such a way. And then he like trails off and realizes he doesn't have a good point. And I was just like, no, 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 finish your thought. You were going to yeah. say there's no genocide in the Bible? Is that what you're going to say? Or murder? There's no murder there? <laughs> what's away, Matt? Go on, tell us what's away. <laughs> Hard cut. Next scene. So now it's time to shit on Charles Darwin. He's he's used this argument in other videos. This will be the second of the last two videos of his we've watched, where his point is that Charles Darwin had doubts, and that makes him an idiot. <laughs> Atheist Jesus doubted. Checkmate. Atheist. <laughs> And this is like my favorite game that these folks play because they can't conceive of a world in which any sort of worldview doesn't have like a Jesus figure that is like infallible and we all like believe is great. And so they point out like, oh, yeah, Darwin was racist. And we're like, OK, he was wrong about that. And I don't like that. But he still <laughs> did get some things right. right. And that's OK for us because he's not Jesus. Yeah, that's the great thing about our thing. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> He also points out here for the first time of many times that the shooters in Columbine dressed like Hitler youth. Okay. And I was like, okay, <laughs> it seems kind of irrelevant, but I checked, casual Google, not true. Hitler youth dressed like uh, basically Hitler adults, but with like Boy Scout shorts, but otherwise the same. I will say, though, the algorithm is doing a really good job because I did the same thing. I just put Hitler Youth in searched on images, and it was only about four or five rows down. There was a picture of Nick Sandman, the mega hat kid. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, all right, we're 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 doing we're doing a little something right oh, here. Oh, man, he lives, like, right near you, huh? He does. His, his school is literally a two-minute drive from my house. Ugh. <laughs> So now it's time to talk about how they were racist some more and how racist were they? Well, the Columbine shooters apparently even said the N word. And I wrote in my notes, okay, now I really don't like the Columbine shooters, Matt Powell. Thanks. Right. <laughs> you turned me against them. <laughs> Wasn't sure until just now. <laughs> and again, like, so they absolutely did target students of color because they were racists. Yeah. But the way Matt Powell tells this story, it's like they went up to each student of color in the school, did a little mini Comedy Central roast. <laughs> right. <laughs> and again, the point is that, like, this is what happens when you teach your kids about evolutionary biology. Kids are going to be like, mitosis, meiosis, murder the school. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> And he also, he tries to do this little, like, clever phrasing. He goes, Christianity doesn't teach you about survival of the strongest. Christianity is about survival of the weakest. And I wrote in my notes, oh, Matt, so true. And also, so not true. <laughs> yup. Well, and, and this is why I'm anticipating Matt's next video will be about why we should have, like, socialized medicine, cops should stop killing black people, and why we shouldn't be locking up kids at the border. So, like, I'm, I'm really stoked to see this next video <laughs> where he, like, takes that out to its conclusion. <laughs> so that's going to happen. You hear that, Matt's mom? He's going to make a video about Black Lives Matter. Take away his bunk beds. Take them wow. away. <laughs> it's, it's very likely that we get something like that. It's terrifying, but it's true. And he uses the other weird phrasing as supporting the widow and the fatherless. Yes. Thank yes. you. His examples of the weakest are widows and the fatherless. Yep. And I can I can speak on behalf of the fatherless contingent here and no. Right. Yeah. Great. 
Well, all three of us can. We are officially the fatherless here on this podcast. <laughs> yep. And Matt, if you mean what you say, if you stand by your words, you will fight and defeat 50 <laughs> widows. It's just science, man. Okay. His next video, now it's like 50-50. It's either the border thing or him trying to fight 50 widows. Yeah. You're our employee, Matt. We demand a video where Your you move, fight Matt. 50 widows. Jesus. <laughs> Make sure you put that in the Slack so he doesn't miss it. Yeah. Oh. Also, by the way, he ends that bit where he describes the weakest part of the population as widows. He ends that by saying... Evolution is a religion of death. As if, like, we're having cockfights between finches with different beaks over here for <laughs> atheist fun. What, you you haven't done that? Okay, well, it's not. It, most of us, some of us are not doing that. Some of us are not doing that. Okay. Okay. We started right. that before this Matt Powell video. That was unrelated. Can't, it can't be used. That doesn't count. The, hashtag not all evolution. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> he repeats a few more of his lies, dressed like Hitler Youth, and... You know, he said something in an AOL chat room about Hitler and he was going to die. But now it's time for Matt Powell to show us just how little he knows about evolution. Okay. When oh, he man. says, okay, if we have, yeah, are you ready for this? <laughs> can't, can't, mm. I just need to point out, there's like three pages of notes of all of us <laughs> saying the exact okay. same thing. I apologize. One, one big reason it's three pages is because I put this quote in giant font. I went to put this in giant font and saw that Ethan had already done it. Exact quote, if I may. If we evolved from African Americans into other Americans. Can, okay, can I stop it right there? Real quick. Please. <laughs> he thinks, he thinks that all humans are Americans, first of all. He doesn't, he doesn't realize that African Americans aren't Africans. Those are different things. He does not realize that. He's he's just he's focused on the American part of evolution for the rest of this quote. Just to be clear, that's the context. He thinks that Americans evolved from African Americans. Amazing. Wow. And second part of the quote, second part of the quote, and you know it's coming, podcast listener. You're mumbling it under your breath right now. And yes, you're right. Quote, if we evolved from African Americans into other Americans, why are there still African-Americans, end quote? That's not an exaggeration. Literal quote. He outstupided why are there still monkeys. He did it, everybody. He took the monkey thing and replaced monkeys with black people and apparently didn't didn't realize what he was doing. Or maybe he did realize what he was doing. Yeah. Well, he maybe he realized, but he ends this point by being like, you're all being racist. Yes. He says... If we evolved from African-Americans into other Americans, why are there still African-Americans? That's racist for evolutionists to think that way. What the fuck? His actual next sentence, his literal next sentence is, that is completely dissing on them. <laughs> yes, Matt. It is completely dissing on them to say that Americans evolved from African-Americans. <laughs> I am going to have to break with my – normally I'm not a big fan of policing people's vocabulary, but Matt Powell is someone who should never use the word dissing ever again. Yeah, ever. I think that's official. I think that's a, yep. that's, that's a rule. Going to need you to get back in your time machine and go to 2002. Find me at my eighth grade dance, Matt. Yeah. Okay, just to put a cap on this, I want to review. Matt Powell thinks evolution went amoebas, monkeys – African Americans, other Americans, uh, him, we're racist. We're racist. <laughs> yes.
That's what just happened in the movie. That makes perfect sense. Oh. Yeah. And now, unfortunately, he has run out of voiceover from documentaries to steal, so he is going to use the TikTok voiceover computer to narrate <laughs> some more of this documentary. What happened? All of a sudden, a robot's telling us the story. I was like, what? he hired $3 an hour Siri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. It's like, and then they were shooting their guns into the crowd. He also cites the frog prince yep. as an authority on what evolution looks like. I, I wish I was exaggerating. Yeah. One of the fantastic things about Matt Powell is that you can watch childhood indoctrination happen in real time across his face brain mouth. So he'll just repeat phrases that he's heard but out of the context he's working in. So he loves fish into fishermen, frog into prince. He didn't do monkey sail the ocean blue this time, which really bummed me out. He does talk about the monkey sailing in this next part. But, yeah, it's, it's his little catchphrase. I like it. He also does uh, several video cuts from one angle to <laughs> the same angle, but, like, three inches further away, <laughs> three inches closer. He does. And what's great about this, and this happens throughout the video, when it's at the normal angle that I feel like is probably the angle the camera's actually at, you can see the letterboxing on the top and bottom. And when he zooms, the letterboxing gets smaller because he doesn't know what he's doing. Nope. No, he and not. so in that part, the if I'm remembering right, the letterboxing actually like appears and disappears as it's doing that weird. Amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Fantastic. And uh, he closes this segment by making the point that here in 2021, we have way more information about the evolution hoax. And unfortunately, the Columbine shooters only had the information from 1999 about the evolution hoax. So I'm pretty sure he just suggested that his videos could have prevented Columbine. Absolutely. 100%. He tries to use this as an example. He goes, they didn't know that evolution has made crazy claims and they've, Make crazy claims, crazy claims. So now, again, he's going to repeat his favorite talking points. Monkeys surfed. T-Rexes turned into chickens. They did. Yep. They did. But, again, you can see, because he's illustrated it with the, like, stock footage still with the watermark on it that he puts on the screen. You can <laughs> see the thinking going on in Matt's mind, right? Is that just, like, a, a T-Rex was roaming across the plains one day and then was just like, McGawk! And then, like, <laughs> shrunk down. I don't know if this makes me a bad atheist or not, though, but, like, if that was a religion, that would be my religion. I'm oh, in. absolutely. I'm yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> While this is happening, by the way, there's a, a graphic behind him of a Google screen that he used, and Google is like, yeah, they fucking evolved into chickens, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely is how it works. We could explain further, but first page answer, yes, that's what happened. Don't click the headline, the Matt Powell story. Right. <laughs> so... Then we've got some nature footage while he explains that if you teach kids that they're an animal, they're going to get in a very silly lion fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, they might as well cut to Jurassic Park here and just be like, see, Eric and Dylan hunted like velociraptors from the sides. This is a problem with evolution. <laughs> okay, is Matt Powell implying here that if he believed in science, he would instantly become a murderer? Yes. I think so. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I, I think given the little bit that I know about that guy, I think that's a thing he actually believes. <laughs> like if I started teaching that pal about evolution, 
or or lions even he just start like licking his brother like a lion instead of bathing I, it's craziness opening doors and hunting down kids in kitchens <laughs> <laughs> but if that wasn't impressive enough now matt powell is going to take shots at richard dawkins and miss <laughs> right uh. he introduces he says richard dawkins one of the most famous atheists in the world says religion again air quotes again poisons the mind yeah Mad Pal must not be on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he introduced this, I was like, okay, he's, he's going to say something about Richard Dawkins. Whatever you're about to say, I guess I'll concede this section. That's fine. Fine. You win this one. <laughs> you get like two and a half minutes yeah. total. <laughs> he had so much. He had so much to choose from, and he failed. This is where he starts making up his numbers. Mm -hmm. 97% of school shootings are atheists. And I can't even find a shitty citation no. for that 97% number. This, of all things, is what I spent the most time Googling. Because I'm like, <laughs> where did this even come yeah. from? And even fucking David from Taipei on Quora said 66%. <laughs> so I did the same thing. I found that the Daily Caller says 16% of mass shooters are religious. So 84% are not religious. That's obviously wrong, but the Daily Caller contradicted you from the left, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tucker Carlson's Daily Caller. Yeah. This is also where he says that we lead the world in suicide and drug abuse and alcohol abuse and school shootings, none, none of which are true. None. No. No. Quick Google. That's entirely wrong. Yep. yep. Just totally. But according to people like Richard Dawkins or other people on the Internet, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> religion poisons everything. Although I will say credit where credit is due. The picture that Matt found for this section of Richard Dawkins dressed as a disappointed 19th century school marm is all <laughs> I will be using for Richard Dawkins from this moment forward. <laughs> I, was, yeah, I thought that I was like. I might have picked the same picture of Richard Dawkins, <laughs> given that I'm not a fan anymore. So again, like, you get a little bit of this one, Matt yeah. Powell. Just a little bit. So then he talks about how the public school system indoctrinates your kids. Studies have shown that Adam and Eve are real. <laughs> right. That's that same study. Again, Googling. That same study says these folks lived 100,000 to 200,000 years ago. So, you know. <laughs> yep. And so the point he's making is that science shows there were two human beings before all the other ones and he was like that's adam and eve but that's that's less science that's more just counting that's how numbers work there were two before <laughs> there were three or more for sure we know that yeah. yes yeah he thinks that was six thousand years ago not like kelly said just now a couple hundred thousand years ago <laughs> and it's right there it's in like the second paragraph it might have even been on the screenshot that he put in the video right. <laughs> and he also, in this section, he has this fantastic moment where he loses track of the clause of who he's talking about. He's talking about taxpayers, right? He's like, they use your tax money to teach these students that brainwash, and then they make you, in turn, shoot all of your classmates. And it's like, whoa, are the taxpayers of the Columbine shooters now, Matt? It's all one sentence, buddy. You lost you lost us somewhere. Again, write, write a script, man. <laughs> Ad-libbing, not your thing. Yeah. Then he's going to say, when you believe in evolution, you have to defend stupid things. Okay. And I wrote in my it's, notes, to be fair, if Matt is an expert on anything, it's defending stupid things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is, this where, is this where he said, you, the evolutionists, believe the beard got created? Yes. 
over mm-hmm. evolution because of face punching. And yes. then, and at this moment, he's literally slowly punching himself in the face as a visual aid. So it is so beautiful. It's the best one act play I've ever seen. <laughs> Matt Powell goes, you believe the beard got created by face punching. Slow motion punches himself, but then speeds up at the end and it hurts a little. <laughs> then he gets mad, visually gets mad at himself for punching himself, realizes the only vengeance he could possibly have is to punch himself again and moves on to his next point. But it's, it, it is... <laughs> Anthony Hopkins in Remains of the Day has nothing on Matt Powell getting mad at his own fans. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, again, maybe focusing on the wrong thing, octopi is not the correct plural. Thank you. I wrote that thing (laughs) down. It is not. Space octopuses and space squids. Again, that would become my religion if anyone was actually saying that. (laughs) Matt, you're selling to the wrong demographic here. You'd have one very ardent follower in Cali so far. I would be right there with you. I mean, I'm not rich, so like I, I wouldn't be able to like give a ton of money or anything. But I've seen Matt's budget. You probably could get more money than he's working with right now. <laughs> I also just need to point out the fact checking this whole thing. My Google searches are never going to recover. <laughs> oh, I used in, incognito windows. Yes. Why did I? Okay. All right. <laughs> I was going to blame you and say we're not friends anymore, but that, that was actually my bad. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> so now he's going to wrap it up with all of his points. They're Hitler youth. Still no. Yeah, still not. <laughs> I mean, important apropos quote here. If you repeat a lie enough times, strong and loud enough. <laughs> Joseph Goebbels said that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he says, he has a little, like, so he, he repeats the alcoholism quote again. And then he goes, when you drink alcohol, you're hallucinating. That's a fantasy. <laughs> and like, it has been a long quarantine, my friends. And I have had my fair share of whiskey. <laughs> and uh no i've i've not met surfing monkeys or surfing rats i've had my my fair share of cannabis and how awesome my s'mores ice cream was not a fantasy <laughs> i i know these things to be true in fairness though i was a bartender for a long time atheists get revved up about evolutionary biology a lot and you have to, like that's a lot of the bouncer in the bartender's job is dealing with atheists and they're screaming about Nazi evolution stuff. Oh, that, that happens a lot. That's fair. Uh, every Friday night, there's always the guy who comes in, right? He's wearing that fish with the feet t-shirt and you go, this one's going to be trouble. <laughs> this one's going to I mean, if I had a dollar for every knife fight we witnessed at QED, am I right? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Oh, dude, 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 dude. Have you, have you like heard of Richard Dawkins? <laughs> <laughs> or like Christopher Hitchens, man. Like the Hitch. And then, after explaining how fantastical and silly and crazy our worldview is, he's going to wrap up by reminding us that either you go to heaven or you burn forever in the flame that quenches not the worm. Yep. I'm very serious and realistic. Yep. That's the close of his, in parentheses, documentary. To close out my science video documentary, you're all going to Lake of Fire. That's real. (laughs) Okay, here here are his closing points in order. As Heath just said, you're going to burn in a lake of fire forever. A very somber smash that like and subscribe button for Jesus. <laughs> and then literally the last words of the video. I feel like if some of the kids who had died in Columbine had known about Jesus, they wouldn't be in hell. Now. Wow. If they and, and if the shooters in had the known video. about Matt Powell videos, <laughs> the whole thing never would have happened. Yes. And once again, we see Matt's 
fucking GeoCity graphic design skills on display. <laughs> he definitely needs to be hired to make the signs for Congress. 100%, yes. <laughs> and that, my friends, is the story of Columbine. Great way to celebrate the 22nd anniversary. That was fun. He did an entire Columbine video, by the way, without a single mention of gun control. Weird. Yeah. So, huge thanks to Callie for spending, well, at least 23 minutes of their life on a Matt Powell video. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> You'll never get that back. That's right. I'm just kidding. I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks again for coming on. And we will be back again soon with another god-awful mini, literally whenever Matt talks into a camera again. He's getting closer and closer to paying us off and buying that race car bunk bed. Best of luck, Matt. Good luck, Matt. We believe in you, buddy. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for our brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday. An even newer episode of our sister show's hot friend, God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday. And an even newer, newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Big thanks to Heath Enright for always keeping things cool and smooth. Thanks to Callie for breaking their pattern of being nice to talk about Matt Powell. And thanks to whoever delivered the Farnsworth quote this week. I don't know who you are because Heath does the edit. But most of all, of course, I need to thank this week's new patrons. But Noah does that part, and also he writes better compliments than I do, so he's going to cover you guys next week, but we really do appreciate the donation. Together, these fine folks give us the formula I need to feed my baby. You can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn access to an extended, ad-free version of every single episode. Or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help but you hate my baby, you can help us out by sharing the podcast with everybody you know and blasting it outside of steven anderson's home legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of p andrew torres tim robertson handles our social media and our audio engineer is morgan clark who also wrote all the music used in this episode which was used with his permission if you have questions comments or death threats you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com Up. I'm so excited. So vaxxed up. Vax. I convinced a bunch of people in my local Jersey group to get vaccinated. Nice work. I was like, hi, I'm a science communicator. Because you know what? That's not a legally fucking protected term. <laughs> if anyone has any questions, I'm so happy to answer them as a fellow parent. And the bunch of moms in the mom group were like, I heard you can't get it if you're breastfeeding. And I was like, actually, a lot of studies have shown antibodies are passed on. And three women were like, I signed up today. And I was like, fuck yeah. Wow. Though. To be honest, I would have lied if they were like, if there were very serious side effects to getting it while you were pregnant, I'd be like, actually, that's not real. Go get a shot so I can get brunch. <laughs> You're in New Jersey. How much more deformed could your baby possibly come I'm out? I'm so happy that you are now officially a science communicator. That's what they professional. They can't stop me. Yeah, that's real. Communicator <laughs> science. Those are words. I'm, I'm using words. them correctly. Legally. And we're The back. perfect shoe for trampling people <laughs> in a crazy panic. Auburns. Right. They're light and breezy for a stampede. They'll Fuck. absorb the blood of the people you... 
trample <laughs> with eucalyptus fiber. It's perfect for obs- That's enough. They're not going to want us to say recycle any of that. Them. You can recycle them. <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Warning, we were going to do a profanity-free episode this week, but then we were like, ah, fuck it. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Honey, My Sheets Rock, and by the new recording medium for watching debates between people old enough to remember being too old and know how to program a VCR, Debatamax. Debatamax, for people so old that people old enough to get this joke can make fun of your age. And now, The Scathing Atheist. I am the Turnip of Terror, and as someone who spends free time recreating a period of history where I would be persecuted for heresy by saying so, I assure you we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men. It's October 1st. And it's International Raccoon Appreciation Day. Huh. Nice. The tiny bear dressed like the Hamburglar. What's not to love about Right? <laughs> I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from Chris Christie's, New Jersey, Cincinnati yeah. Swing State, and Cuthman, Georgia, this is The Skating Atheist. On this week's episode, William Barr designates the Bill of Rights as an anarchist-controlled piece of paper. <laughs> Tall Tyler throws him a fish for his good work. And Hillary Morgan Farrell set women's equality back on purpose for a change. But first, the diatribe. In the Bible, God spends a crazy amount of time trying to prove that he's the only God. Like I, I would say fully half of the Old Testament somehow revolves around God's perpetual, ineffectual attempts to prove he's superior to things that don't exist and consistently failing. And you got to admit, that's an embarrassing problem for your omnipotent guy to have. If you guys were like, you know, Noah, we like the podcast you put on fine, but we think we're going to go with this inanimate, shiny statues podcast and said, I would take that as a cue to get into gardening or something, but not God. He just keeps plugging away at it like that guy who's sure he'll have some artistic talent if he just buys fancier pencils. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. In the past, I have presented that very same fact as proof that God either A, doesn't exist, or B, sucks ass. But the more I think about it, the less I like that argument. So at the risk of dumbing this whole thing down too much, the argument goes like this. One, if God existed and was omnipotent, he'd be obviously better at all the God-type stuff than gods that didn't exist. Two, if he was clearly better, the Hebrews wouldn't be constantly turning to figments of their imagination to do God shit without noticing that they were inferior. Three, Hebrews were constantly turning to figments of their imagination to do God shit without noticing that they were inferior. Conclusion, God doesn't exist. And as logical as all those steps seem, it actually is not a sound argument. In fact, there's a glaring error in premise number two that I'm embarrassed to have missed for so long. Premise two grossly overestimates the intelligence of human beings by ascribing them the demonstrably non-existent tendency to choose that which is effective over that which is imaginary. Hell, if premise two was true, I'd never have had to articulate this argument at all. Consider it with a quick substitution. One, 
if science was correct, it would be clearly better at all the science type stuff than the shit that doesn't exist. Two, if science was clearly better, humans wouldn't be constantly turning to figments of their imagination to do science shit without noticing that they're inferior. Three, humans are constantly turning to figments of their imagination to do science shit without noticing they're inferior. And if that doesn't take all the wind out of it, try getting a little more specific and just plug in the word medicine for science. When we read the Old Testament for the Holy Babel segments or for Bible Peace Theater, we made jokes about the fickle allegiance of the Hebrews throughout. God would show himself to be God. He'd conjure up some rock water, moon the congregation, part of sea. Then a couple of years later, all the very same people would be going, yeah, but maybe this baby cow, though, right? Huh? You know, but is there any better analogy for humanity's relationship with science? Science cures polio. Humans thank God. Science builds airplanes. Humans pray that they'll work. Science creates modern medicine. Humans buy a book on medicinal humming from Gwyneth Paltrow. And despite science still being the only one to actually send people to the heavens, humans still ask preachers how to get there. Of course, an analogy between God and science is bound to break down early and often, you know, where God's strategy was generally to inflict his wayward acolytes with some kind of great calamity or whatever. Science just gets better at its job. You know, science keeps coming back with ever better iterations of truth. People linger in reality a little longer and more of, more of them decide to stay there every time. Science chips away with every new discovery, every new invention, every new explanation. God started off perfect, which means, you know, he's as good as he's going to get. Science, though, can get better every fucking day, and it does. And it's important that we remember that. It's important that we remind ourselves that we're living in unprecedented times. And we have been for a long time. History is cyclical, sure, but we've never known as much as we know now, and we've never known as much as we will know tomorrow. Religion seems inevitable to us. Magical thinking seems inescapable. But our imaginations are constrained by history in a way that the future isn't. Sure, it's it's always been there, but that doesn't mean it always will be. In fact... Our ability to chip away at it all but proves it isn't invincible. With enough time, a toothbrush can saw through a boulder, and we're far enough into this process to see a pretty distinct groove. Now, it, it's a big fucking boulder, right? But we get a slightly better tool for every stroke. So even a small groove could be the sign of an imminent collapse. I know it doesn't seem that way from where we're standing right now, but we have to remind ourselves Everything is immortal until it dies. They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the marshmallows and chocolate to Mike Graham Crackers, Heath Enright, and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to give the listeners s'more? I don't know, Noah. I've been burned before. Okay, that's the best part, though. The burn uh, marshmallow, <laughs> you got to burn it. All right, well, well, we go. Mm, oh, it's too hot, too hot, it's too hot, hot, hot. So much fun. Like a bunch of fucking idiots for a minute. We're going to pause for a word from our first sponsor this week, Honey. My dearest son, if you are reading this, I am dead. But know that I hey, always Eli. loved you. Eli, what you doing, man? Oh, I, I got to go shopping, so I'm just making a video, Will, you know, just in case. Also, oh, hey, hey, uh, this is Noah. He is your dad now. Nope, so nope, definitely not. Also, uh, why don't you just shop online? Yeah, I guess I could shop online, but won't I miss out on all the awesome in-person deals if I shop online? Not if you try Honey. I am trying, darling. No, Honey. It's the free browser extension that scours the Internet for promo codes and automatically applies the best one available at checkout. Ooh, that does sound cool, but... 
How much does Honey cost? You can get Honey on your computer for free in two easy clicks. Just go to joinhoney.com slash scathing. Then when you're checking out on one of its over 30,000 supported sites, Honey pops up and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Oh, yeah. You know what? Now that I think of it, I actually used Honey last week to buy a bunch of new onesies for my son. I saved like 20 bucks. Yeah, it's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and it works on whatever browser you use. You can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash scathing. That's joinhoney.com slash scathing. All right, Noah, thanks. I guess I don't need to make this video will after all. Well, I mean, I, you do drink a lot of mango nectar. Yeah, that is fair. That's fair. And now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, it's not that she's a goddamn Catholic. No, all right, no, okay. I don't like that, Joe, though. Well, but Joe Biden <laughs> is a fucking Catholic, yeah, right? I don't like and that I'm either. prepared to spend four years telling people that they should have voted for him. And yet that has not stopped one entire half of the American political spectrum from pretending that our concern over the Supreme Court nominee belonging to the fucking people's front of the Republic of Gilead is anti-Catholic <laughs> bias. In fact, Criticisms from the left that generally took the form of repeating the words that she'd said led GOP Senator Marsha Blackburn to tweet out the, this fucking ridiculous assertion. Quote, in Chuck Schumer's America, only atheists can be Supreme Court justices. Really? End quote. Yeah, an assertion somewhat undercut by all of history plus now. Reality. Yeah. Reality. Yeah. yeah. God forbid those in charge of interpreting the law of this country not have an imaginary friend like Big Bird. No, though, wouldn't right? want that. I mean, I'm sorry. I thought this was Chuck Schumer's America. Are we not in Chuck Schumer's America? What the fuck? I'm going to fight a Little League dad. So, yeah, so quick reminder, in his time in the Senate, Chuck Schumer has voted to approve four Supreme Court justices, none of whom were fucking atheists. Three were Jewish. The other one was the same goddamn religion as Amy Coney Barrett. And that number would have been one theist higher, by the way, if Mitch McConnell hadn't taken time off of being characterized by a bony or cartilaginous shell long enough to block Merrick Garland's nomination. He, he has voted for precisely zero openly atheist Supreme Court nominees, which puts him in a 12,348-way tie for first place yeah. among historical senators. Would have been impossible to do that, literally. And listen, we're happy to nominate a theist. Barack Obama is Muslim. There you go. <laughs> All right, but since any criticism of anything religious must always be treated as anti-Christian persecution, even after Blackburn was pilloried for this tweet, she went on to make the same goddamn claim on Fox and Friends saying, quote, we know the left is not going to be happy with someone of faith. They think you need to be an atheist or a secularist to serve on the federal bench, end quote. I think Fox and Friends must just have a sign in their green room that's like, say whatever the fuck you want. It's open season here. Yeah, and then we'll say yes and, and then you say whatever the fuck you want again. We'll do that for a while, and then uh, after that, well, that's our show. Yeah, that's, 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 that's our that show will begin after, yeah. And Dr. Phil will come on and tell you about science. <laughs> yeah, so to be clear, the problem with Amy Coney Barrett isn't that she's a theist. Yeah, you know, in a perfect world, you'd have to be able to correctly answer, does an invisible ghost king watch you pee to get a spot on the Supreme Court, right? But that's somehow unrealistic in our world, and we've accepted that. And when I say we, I'm talking, of course, about the minority of people on the left that get that question right. 
Like, a fucking course the Supreme Court nominee will be religious, but that doesn't mean she has to be a weird-ass zealot who belongs to a misogynistic subcult, sign a statement affirming that life begins at conception, and openly talks about how the purpose of a legal career is, quote, building a kingdom of God, end quote. Also, side note, fuck the fact-checker sites that say that needs more context. There is no context <laughs> where that's not terrifying, and the context is she's a crazy goddamn fundamentalist about to be confirmed to the Supreme fucking Court. Yeah, she's not talking about Ninjago's brand new kingdom of God set. Yeah. There, there's not a good way... <laughs> There's no okay, but if she was, that's that still sounds crazy. awesome. That sounds yeah. pretty. Sweet. That's on Lego in that situation. <laughs> and in coming from the far leftler news, with the world on fire and a plague sweeping across our nation, in preparation for a third, second, maybe fourth, <laughs> another, wave, yeah, another ibid wave of illness and death, <laughs> Noah's senator Kelly yeah. Leffler has formed an evil supergroup of politicians to take on the issues facing our nation. By which I mean letting trans kids play sports. The important issues. Grace. Yeah. You'd figure she was busy with, you know, useful senator stuff, like resolving that elections are real or resolving that the Pledge of Allegiance is extra pledgy? What, what was that they did? I don't know. Where did she find the time, though, to do other stuff besides resolving important things? You know, I bet she's using all that time she saved ignoring the coronavirus relief bill. That, yeah. that last oh, yeah, that's a lot of time. time on the docket. That'll do that's it. a lot of time. Yeah, so in addition to Leffler, who, by the way, looks like someone turned a racist little girl's pony into a human, <laughs> set aforementioned Marsha Blackburn, Tom Cotton, James Lankford, and Mike Lee introduced the, quote, Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act of 2020 this week. Fuck your face. Yep. Which would wow. take away federal funding from any sports group that would, quote, permit a person whose sex is male to participate in an athletic program or activity that is designated for women or girls. Oh, Kelly Leffler, uh, bad news. I just passed the Protection of Humans in Sports Act, and <laughs> that doesn't permit a a senator whose species is equine to participate in making laws <laughs> people. You can make horse laws. You can still make horse laws. Yeah. yeah. Also, fuck your face. Yeah, that too. As long as we could. And one might think it's, you know, actually been a kind of tough year for Leffler. It was revealed that she sold almost $20 million worth of stock before the COVID crash. Uh, she co-owns a WNBA team where everyone fucking hates they her. They hate her so much. They hate her so much. <laughs> but don't worry. She does have one big fan, and that would be Christian hate group leader Tony Perkins, who said of the proposed law, quote, I applaud Senator Leffler for introducing the protection of women and girls in sports act. Allowing boys to play on girls sports teams is unfair and it poses increased physical risk to girls, particularly at the high school and college levels. Senator Leffler's bill will help ensure that girls are afforded the opportunity to play on a level playing field. End quote. Yeah, yeah Leffler is just the latest Republican politician to rally her base by saying, okay, I might be a criminal, but at least I'm a bigot. Right? Ooh, bigot! Yeah! Right. But actually, if you read between the lines of Tony's statement there, I think 
Tony Perkins is pretty obviously challenging any female athletes out there to a fight. That's right. what I heard. I heard that. I, it wasn't even between the lines. It was in right? it. It was yeah, loud. If, if a female athlete tries to beat up Tony Perkins, he would win so bad it wouldn't even be fair. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if any of our listeners out there want to take Tony up on his challenge... We will arrange a Thunderdome, oh, or as they're now called, a presidential debate. <laughs> <laughs> and in I Am the Walrus News, <laughs> Attorney General and shaved walrus William Barr spoke at the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast last week uh, and accidentally gave a speech about exactly why we should be terrified that top-level government officials are attending events called National Prayer <laughs> Breakfast. And his main point was that so-called militant secularists are trying to drive religion out of public policy. And, uh, yup. <laughs> yeah. But Nailed it. despite being a highly educated lawyer, he didn't seem to realize that he was arguing against the founding fathers he loves so dearly in all these other topics. Also known as the Militant secularists who wrote the first fucking amendment. Yeah. Well, perhaps you've heard of Antifa leader Thomas Jefferson. I mean, they, <laughs> they literally build statues to this guy. I'm the attorney general. Have Not I mentioned that the eternal? Not for long. General. So here's the exact words from Barr. Quote, in American public discourse, perhaps no concept is more misunderstood than the notion of separation of church and state. So far, so good. Militant secularists have long seized on that slogan as a facile justification for attempting to drive religion from the public square. Separation of church and state does not mean, and never did mean, separation of religion and civics. Except it literally did. To which he added, ow, who threw a thesaurus at my head? This lunch is an anarchist-controlled zone. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they Throw do. it a little more facile next time. Fuck. Yeah, that's precisely what that fucking means, you miserable yep, piece of yep. shit. Because look, Thank you. even way, the way he's trying to dress it up, religion does not mean your values or your morals. We all have those. Yep. Religion is just the dogmatic bullshit that diverges from morality or even stands in defiance of it. And if Bob that's confusing to you, don't worry. The dogmatic bits that have nothing to do with morality are the easiest ones to spot. They're the ones anybody in your religion cares about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And just one other detail. During the breakfast, Barr became the latest recipient of an award they apparently give out now called the Christa Fidelis Lychee Award. Fuck you making up your own Latin <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's real Latin, but whatever. You get that for being the Catholic layperson who best demonstrates selfless and steadfast service in the Lord's vineyard. Selfless, huh? By, mm. by exhibiting Christ-like behavior. Flip over a table? Congrats on the trophy, William, but I hate to break it to you. You're not the carpenter man, you're the walrus. In every possible way, yeah. you're the fucking walrus. You're the walrus. He is the walrus. And in M.A.D. as hell news. Medically assisted dying. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Crushed it. Enough is enough. They're tired of hiding. The Catholic Church is ready to take on the, their words, intrinsic evil in their midst this week. And no, it's it's still not kid fucking. Really? Not the kid fucking. Really? No, it's not. It's uh, it's giving last rights to chronically ill, suffering Jesus people. Christ. Okay. Maybe yes. they can do a resolution in the Senate for a few weeks, but then, <laughs> and then get to that. Yeah. Great. 
So uh, this week, the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith released its latest letter entitled Samaritanus Bonus this week. Bonus. Bonus. Clarifying that, no, it is not, in fact, okay to give last rites to someone who is participating in medically assisted suicide. Okay, well, that's fucking disgusting. But, you know, whatever. You just fake like you're regular dying. You get the last rites. And then you chug that cocktail right in their fucking face, right? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Priest is like, ha, I got you. It's just, it's all fake and we just die. <laughs> oh. Okay. Double, well, double. I feel like I kind of got you both times. <laughs> now, to be clear, they aren't just declaring this out of nowhere, although you couldn't be blamed for thinking that they just decided to say that this week. Uh, this is in response to a statement made last year by Archbishop Vincenzo Paglia, who said that priests could provide last rites to the medically assisted dying because, quote, the Lord never abandons anyone, end quote. And again, just to be clear, the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith wrote a whole letter to clarify he does fucking too. <laughs> he does fucking to abandon everything. Great. So the official position of the Vatican is that God is a, a shitty boyfriend who's afraid to break up with you, so he gives you unbearable eyeball cancer until you break up with him. That's, yeah. the, that's the position. Mm. Exactly. Lovely. And it actually gets worse. So in an article published by Vatican News at the same time, Dr. Colin Hart, don't worry, not a medical doctor, said I wasn't worried. that too many people are focusing on the bad parts of suffering. Wait, what? Yeah, quote, I don't think we speak enough about the good of suffering. Uh, I don't think that word means what you <laughs> While doing everything possible to relieve somebody's suffering, because that's part of care, to realize the suffering that cannot be relieved is valuable. It has a purpose, and it has the greatest purpose, insofar as it can be offered up in union with the sufferings of Christ for the that. good of oneself and in remission of one's own sins. And also for the good of the church and the world. Jesus Christ. He's like, he's Tom Sawyering the fence, but with pancreatic <laughs> cancer. He is. Yeah. Ah. Oh. And look, again, I don't have a fancy theological degree like Dr. <laughs> Hart does. But I do know an invitation to get kicked in the balls when I hear one. So, yeah. <laughs> if you do get a chance to kick Dr. Colin Hart in the balls... Remind him that it's for the good of the church and the world. <laughs> and the world, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And while I explained to Andrew that Eli only said if you kick that guy in the nuts, which technically isn't an endorsement, we're going to pause for a word from our second sponsor this week, My Sheets Rock. Next. Hi, can I get a tall cold brew? And let me see. Uh, also 19 shots of espresso, please. Uh, Wow, sir, that's a lot of espresso. Yeah, well, you know, I'm trying not to sleep at all. You know how it is. Got to have plenty of espresso. Uh, what? No, who doesn't love sleep? Me. I'm a warm sleeper. I tend to wake up all hot and sweaty, so I've been doing so this thing where I don't... you're just not going to sleep ever again? Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's the plan. Uh, why don't you just try My Sheets Rock? Oh, look, you seem really nice. Um, I'm not saying you're not nice, but we just met. Just no, now. And, no, and like, silly. My Sheets Rock is the name of the brand. Oh. My Sheets Rock has created the regulator sheets, which are designed specifically to keep hot sleepers cool and cold sleepers comfortable. They regulate temperature, wick moisture, stay breathable, and are so soft, you'll sleep comfortably every night. That's because these sheets are made from best-in-class bamboo rayon, 
The Holy Grail of Sheeting. Holy Grail of Sheeting? Holy Grail of Sheeting. This miracle material transfers body heat two times more effectively than regular sheets and reduces humidity by 50%. So you can experience your best night's sleep yet. It's true. Oh, Noah, well, what are you doing in the coffee shop? Oh, I I live in Georgia, so I just wanted to be in a universe where I could go to a coffee shop. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Plus, I wanted to tell you about My Sheets Rock. They sent us a set to try, and their sheets are so soft and smooth, it's like sleeping on an infinite slip and slide made of heartfelt compliments. Ooh, that does sound good. But you're just a coffee shop employee, and I've been burned before. What if I don't believe you? Don't believe me? Their five-star customer reviews speak for themselves. Plus, they offer a 90-day risk-free trial and free shipping and returns. Check out My Sheets Rock at MySheetsRock.com slash scathing. And enter our code scathing for 10% off and free shipping. That's MySheetsRock.com slash scathing, code scathing. Thanks. When were you betrayed by a coffee shop employee? Oh, no, no, no. I mean literally burned. I tried to drink an espresso on its way out of the machine. Like oh, right there. yeah, no, that'll do it. Yeah. Really hurt. Well, yeah. And in Soyo Boy news, right-wing conspiracy theorist and mascot for every woman who's ever screamed a racial slur at a bouncer during her bachelorette party, <laughs> Deanna Lorraine. I'm Italian. What are you <laughs> exactly. talking about? has another reason for her fans to vote for Donald Trump this week. So, uh, everybody, before I tell you, get a picture of Trump in your mind. Nope. Nope. And it, it should be full body. That's important. Even noper. Okay, go ahead and okay, Google I'm image Trump if you need to. Nope. All right, have you done this? Lorraine wants you to vote for Donald Trump because he is an alpha male. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, obviously she doesn't mean alpha in the... Profit on investment sense. <laughs> alpha as an edge investment strategy. She must mean alpha as in calling for a drug test right before a fight, like a confident winner does. Yeah, right before exactly. A fight. yeah. Probably that kind so of alpha. Here's the tragic, tragic quote, which is such a deep insight into Miss Lorraine's life. Quote Let's be honest. Who would you rather choose as a boyfriend or husband? Is it a man who's protective? Tall, strong, an alpha male, someone who's going to make sure that he protects you, your family, your country, who's tough and strong, a little bit of an a-hole sometimes, just a little bit, or would you choose a boyfriend or a husband who's soft, who's a beta male, who's a soy boy, who is weak, someone who doesn't stand up for his convictions, someone who just lets everyone else steamroll him and changes his mind and flip-flops every other minute, who isn't strong. Pretty sure that most women would choose a husband or a boyfriend who is that alpha male, and that's what Trump is. Oh, you know what? She must be talking about alfalfa because of the hair. Oh, We're okay. Tricky. All right. We're yeah. tricky, Deanna. Yeah. I mean, look, I've seen Melania and I've seen Jill, and one of them looks like she wants to be there, right? Holy <laughs> fuck. What a terrifying mission. Ladies, be honest. Would you rather a guy who knocks you around a little or some pansy fuck that pronounces both the R's in library? Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So depressing insight into Deanna Lorraine's love life aside, I just want to say, as the soyest of boys, I want to take a moment to point out that I am delightful. Okay, Deanna Lorraine? I do the dishes without being asked. I am cuddleable from every possible angle. Alpha cuddleable. Yeah. Alpha. Powerful cuddle. Yeah. And if Deanna Lorraine was capable of or had ever been the recipient of love, she would know that. But she isn't and hasn't. So 
She's just going to keep telling the InfoWars viewers that she ran into a really protective door. Oh, God. And and that honestly is punishment that not even I would wish on her. Yeah. And in the Duda Biden's news tonight, <laughs> the fact that he isn't Donald Trump should be all the goddamn motivation you need. And if that doesn't do it, the fact that you don't want to hear Heath do the you should have voted for Joe Biden thing for four years should push you over the line. Okay, Joe Biden wins. I'm still pointing out you should have voted for Hillary Clinton. We still have the Supreme <laughs> Court because of that from those from these four. God damn it. Go ahead. All right, but just in case not wanting to live in a theocratic idiocracy wasn't enough for you, Secular Democrats of America launched Humanists for Biden this week, an initiative specifically designed to reach out to non-religious Americans and ensure that we're represented among the Biden coalition. Okay, you had me at not theocratic idiocracy, but yeah. good stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> should have. That's not all I want, but... You had me. So, yeah, so Humanists for Biden will join Catholics for Biden, Hindu Americans for Biden, Muslims for Biden, Believers for Biden, and Latter-day Saints for Biden in reminding Americans that the other guy is a villain out of a goddamn 80s movie. Except real, 80s reality. Yeah. And somehow James Spader's character becomes president. It's a really, really depressing fucking because movie. Because Molly Ringwald wasn't exciting enough. God damn it. <laughs> and in so doing, of course, it seeks to turn out non-religious Americans in record numbers and remind the Democratic Party just how important a voting block we could be. And look, this really matters. A lot of atheists seem to think that the fact that, like, you know, of course we're going to vote for the non-theocratic party dooms us to perpetual obscurity in the political arena. But that misunderstands politics. Right, If they know that catering to non-believers actually brings us to the polls, they will be sucking and slurping our genitals for the rest of time. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, Humanist for Biden has repeatedly rejected as a slogan. I don't get yes. that prejudice. <laughs> no was up all night designing that poster. They wouldn't even look at it. They wouldn't even Fuck. look at it. Um, incidentally, if you have the good sense to eagerly await our every episode and listen to them right away, you can even catch the formal campaign launch for the Humanist for Biden thing. It's an October 1st online event, and you will find a link to sign up on the top of the show notes. So do that. And finally tonight. In Iceland Thunderfuck News, we have a story out of Iceland about a rainbow, people of multiple races, and a gender-fluid Jesus Christ. Hmm. Anna? What are the guys talking about? It's the newest, the greatest Christian breakout. <laughs> That's right. Even in the frozen secular paradise of Iceland, Christians are having a meltdown after the evangelical Lutheran church posted an ad on Facebook for their Sunday school that depicted a group of interracial kids, a rainbow, and the Lord and Savior wearing face makeup and sporting a very tasteful set of breasts. Huh. <laughs> well, you, since Islam isn't uniquely harmful, I guess those people who drew it and published it got shot and killed or hacked to death with machetes, huh? <laughs> <sighs> so, according to the minister in charge of the ad, the gender fluidity is the whole point. They're trying to be one of those inclusive churches that still bases their worldview on a book that includes Leviticus. Yeah. So fuck you. Right. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> fuck the conservative churches even more, but still fuck you. Stop clinging to that terrible book and just come out and say it and cancel that book and be a weekly ethics club that does charity work. That'd be good. And, and you know what? Fuck you even more for your response to the freak out. The ad immediately led to a whole bunch of panicky Christians Yelling about how, like, Jesus can't have beard and breasts at the same time. I'm, I'm sexually confused and I'm scared. And apparently there was enough of that yelling to make the church take down the ad and issue an apology. Really? Hmm. Because they're cowards 
And they didn't realize an apology would mean that despite their good intentions at the beginning of this thing, now they've capitulated to bigots and they owe an actual apology to everyone harmed by the implication that gender fluidity is somehow problematic and that you would need to apologize for that. Yeah, okay. Uh, our bad. When God took human form to sacrifice himself to himself as part of the substitutional blood <laughs> pact for all the world's sins as established in Abrahamic law... He did it as a dude. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's what happened. Right. But so, but there, in a nutshell, is the biggest problem with progressive churches, right? They normalize the conservative ones that outnumber them. Look, polishing up the bigotry to make it more palatable is immoral all by itself. Yep. Yeah, it is. And just to be clear, Lutheran Church of Iceland, I know you're listening, lots of people would argue that there's a word for person who capitulates to bigots it's bigot yep. the word is yep. bigot that's bigot. the word for that you could argue back that you're technically bigot adjacent i guess but <laughs> now you're trying to win an argument by branding yourself as bigot adjacent that's not great <laughs> never great. you already no. lost that argument and you should apologize for real and speaking as a person myself with a beard and fairly voluptuous breasts i'm offended by everyone involved in this story but now that we're on the subject Let's go ahead and put 10 seconds on the clock. Slogans for the Church of Bearded and Breasted Gender Fluid Jesus. Go. All right. Um, the Church of Gender Fluid Jesus, because one kind of transubstantiation isn't silly. Ooh, uh, the Church of Gender Fluid Jesus, New Paul's Drag Race. <laughs> the Church of Gender Fluid Jesus, the best combination of a beard and breasts, since Karen Pence. <laughs> and on that note, we may or may not have a new corporate logo to hammer out, so we're going to close the headlines there. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Jumanji. And when we come back, Hillary Morgan Farrer will tell us about the fine line between women's rights and women's wrongs. We're going to shitbags. No, we're going to Applebee's. That's ridiculous. Heath, Noah, what's the matter? I want to go to shitbags for dinner. And I do not, because that sounds terrible. I want to go to Applebee's. Wh what do you think, Eli? Eh, I don't really like either. You you don't like either? Like, okay, shitbags serves you literal bags of shit. It's in it's the title. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. But, but I also just don't particularly like Applebee's. Can I vote for Bennigan's? No, like Bennigan's. No, oh no, we're either going to shitbags or you can vote for Applebee's. Because Noah breaks all ties. Right, yeah. Noah breaks all ties. Okay. But if I vote for Applebee's, Heath will think it's okay to go to Applebee's, and then we'll never, no, 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 ever go to Bennigan's. No, no, no. If you vote for Applebee's, we'll go to Applebee's. If you don't, we're going to shitbags. Those are the two possibilities right now. Literally, those are the only two. Okay, I get it. Because I actually read on Twitter that we will go to Bennigan's if nope, I secretly nope, write no, it. No, they, those people on Twitter are wrong. We're telling you what's going to happen. It's one of those two things, and you get to vote for your choice between the thing you like less and eating a literal bag of shit. Hmm. Okay, you know what? I just realized I'm busy, and I, I just self-diagnosed with a mental illness, so I pass. I would like to. Pass. Okay. All right. Shit bags it is. Shit bags. Aw, man. I hate shit bags. I have no yeah. idea how this happened, and nobody should ever try to explain it to me. Okay. Voting. Like it or not, that's the way it fucking is. <sighs> Indeed. I bet you secretly like shit bags, Heath. <laughs> <laughs>
several months ago, we got through the portion of Mama Bear apologetics that related to Mama Bears and apologetics. We have long since moved on to the portion where the conversation is over and she just won't hang up the goddamn phone and we're starting to consider being rude about it. <laughs> All right. So, oh, man. Anyway. I got to do a dusting. What? <laughs> and, of course, the latest one other thing that pissed her off brings us to this week's chapter on feminism. And to discuss that one, we're excited to welcome in my lovely wife, Lucinda. Lucinda, welcome back. Damn it. Thought I was gonna make it a whole year without having to read one of these fucking books, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, and, yes. we, and you got to do it on your birthday too. I know. So tell us, Eli. Aside from your attempt to be the only married person on the podcast, why is Lucinda here? <laughs> well, Noah, as you teased, that would be because this chapter is called "The Future Is Female." That's right. This week we're taking on feminism, about and by we, I mean. Three of this book's contributors. It took, three? Yep. It took them three authors to write this chapter. Wow. I mean, more efficient than Shakespeare, but still, oh, like three. <laughs> All right. It's like they were trying to prove women weren't up to the job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And we're going to start with the Women's March of 2017. Yes. Hmm? According to our cabal of authors, the largest organized protest in American history up to that point was actually... A big loss for women. Not a lot of people know that. They say, huh. quote, might we suggest that millions of women wearing symbols of their privates on their head and gleefully what? screaming, I'm a nasty woman, was a massive failure for the cause of female empowerment and an especially devastating loss in the dignity department. Yeah. End quote. Those hats really gave away the secret about vagina color. And uh, <laughs> as we all know, that's where women keep their dignity. So that's a big loss. Um, also, just curious, was the book asking permission to write a sentence in itself? <laughs> it said, might we suggest, just start your sentence, just say your thing. Uh, it, it was probably asking its husband. Oh, yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But don't get these authors wrong. They like some feminism. For instance, they like the feminism of the Bible. Quote, as Christians, we are thankful for a God who gave woman-honoring mandates that broke with the traditions of culture, end quote. <laughs> well, yeah, if you think about it, sex slave is better than murdered, yeah. ar arguably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, what they don't like is modern feminism, about which one of the authors says, quote, their talk of resisting the patriarchy seems strange to someone like me, who has brothers and knows firsthand the struggles that men endure, <laughs> often at the hands of women. What? And, oh, okay. Hey. That's an interesting new angle. I'm the fucking worst, and I'm a woman, so feminism is dumb. I guarantee that's the best argument in the chapter, right? Ridiculous <laughs> argument. Guarantee it's the best one. It's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. She continues, quote, and in my opinion, the latest version of the movement forfeited all mortal high ground when it decided to die on the hill of abortion, a practice which ironically harms more baby girls than baby boys, end quote. Huh. Okay, well, ironically and not ironically, you just misused ironically, so that's uh -huh. fun. Mm -hmm. Well, unless you find it wryly amusing that <laughs> the misogyny heavily caused by religion leads to more abortion of female fetuses. Is that wry to you? 
<laughs> it's a real wine sipper. Yeah. So they they spend, you know, two and a half pages bitching about how pro-life protesters were uninvited from the Women's March. And then they spend another page saying that they didn't want to go to it anyway. And so now it's time for a brief history of feminism. Oh, it starts with the apple, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, how I wish. So our little tribe of authors, are they're going to break feminism down into three waves for us. Um, and for those familiar with the Internet, that is never a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if someone ever refers to second or third wave feminism, you're pretty much guaranteed that they mean ungrateful bitches who weren't satisfied with being able to vote. Yep. Yeah, that's right. pretty very much, it. much. And they are just going to immediately prove Lucinda correct there. Their very first sentence cites philosopher Christina Hoff Summers. <laughs> philosopher. That what she is. Christina Hoff Summers. Okay, great. Yeah. And for my next chapter about George Washington's army, I'd like to start with a quote from Benedict Arnold. <laughs> Does that sound good? Yeah, for those unfamiliar, Summers is the author of the anti-feminist book, Who Stole Feminism? in which she asked hard-hitting questions like, is fucking someone while they're too drunk to consent really rape? And she makes arguments like you weren't allowed to hit your wife that hard, quit whining. Yep. She does. She really yes, does. Sir. Fucking idiot. But yeah, according to our three authors, and I guess also Rape Apology Barbie Summers as well, the original <laughs> feminists didn't want equality. God forbid. Yeah, yeah, literally. Quote, these feminists affirmed the unique role of women in society, especially as caregivers and nurturers. They fought for equal worth, dignity, and rights as fellow members of the human race without forfeiting their communal identity as women. End quote. I, I, I love how this fails to be an argument for separate but equal only because she's stopping short of equality. Yeah. 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 Separate. It's an, argument. <laughs> it's an argument for separate. And I should be clear. That the first wave of feminism is where the three authors of this chapter think good feminism ended. Oh. Yeah. That's, that, they were like voting and that's it. So wow. now we're going to talk about the second wave of feminism. Uh, anger? Bargaining? <laughs> oh, so close, Heath. Hippies. HPV. Yeah. Got it. Uh, yep. Quote, Second wave feminists consistently downplayed the unique role of women in society and instead focused on the message of self-determination and autonomy. In other words, I am my own boss and I do what I want, including with my body, end quote. Yeah. And again, to be clear, the authors of this chapter think that is a bad thing. That's a bad. That's a bad. bad. That's phase two is now bad. Okay, yeah. Evil phase two consent that is <laughs> ambitious to start your section you gotta dig out of that hole that you don't know you're in great wow but but you see much to these evil second wave feminists dismay many women still chose to stay home being mothers and wives yeah we hate when women choose exactly yeah <laughs> so, their only explanation was that there must be some kind of oppressive system in place that was invisibly holding women back. The patriarchy. Invisible. I love the use of invisibly. The year was invisibly 1987. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> You're the theist. Something yep. with invisible? Yeah. We're playing with invisible now? <laughs> and you're probably wondering, okay, who are these radical feminists they're talking about. Why? Mm -hmm. None other than Antifa extremist herself, Betty Friedan. Really? Who wrote The Feminine Mystique. Quote, 
Granted, she made several legitimate critiques of the 1950s housewife stereotype, but as in most corrective movements, she swung the pendulum too far in the opposite direction. Too much equality. <laughs> yeah, really. I want to know her other examples of those movements. Comparing the lives of the average American housewife to being a comfortable concentration camp. Oh, oh my God. As if decorating a Pinterest board with fun meal ideas is at all comparable to the Holocaust. And yeah, real close. that's what she was bitching about. Yeah. <laughs> good critique. Betty Friedan's 1963 book, Completely Misunderstood Pinterest. So, yeah, solid. But just to be clear, the feminist mystique is based on noticing that pretty much all the graduates of Smith College, one of the top colleges in the country, all those graduates were housewives with no income of their own. It was an all-women's school. Ferdan went Godwin for one sentence. Yes, that was a ridiculous sentence. But that sentence is the entire discussion from Hillary Morgan here. Yes, yeah. Al. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for third-wave feminism. Or as she titles it, This Means War. Oh, shit. And what's great about this section about third wave feminism is that they used up all their feminism has gone too far stuff on the 1960s. <laughs> so their criticism of feminist third wave is just it's the second wave, but louder <laughs> and and communist, which, again, is very bad, oh. it's bad <laughs> and communist. OK, so just to review the history of feminism, <laughs> according to this book, is voting, which was good, and then consent, which was bad. And then Marxist consent. <laughs> Even worse. It, it gets so bad that they conclude this section on the third wave of feminism with, I shit you not, a link to Christina Hoff Summers' YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Links Gross. to YouTube channels for when your readers aren't really readers. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find this TikTok answers any questions you might have. <laughs> About the history of feminism. Right. So now it's time to remind Heath that you don't need a license to drive an anagram. So we're going <laughs> to roar like a mother. Starting with R, recognize the message. So get ready because we're going to deal with the evil messages of feminism. Starting with girl power. Jesus, what's next? Is she going to go after the myth that you're deserving of love? <laughs> uh, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> And their argument against girl power is that it's reverse sexism. Of course uh, it is. Quote, you never see the term boy power on anything. <laughs> oh, God yeah. damn it. No, that's true. Uh, we, we just call it power. So. <laughs> exactly. Fuck that. That's called toxic masculinity. And they make pills for that these days. Really? What? What? Estrogen? <laughs> okay. She explains that in the footnote. What she means by pills for that is that boys are diagnosed with ADD more often. Oh, is Ooh. that the one she means? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the underdiagnosing of female psychological problems sure is a problem for men. Yep. Yeah, it's the yeah. worst. <laughs> it's really yeah. hard for us. Bums us right out. We have it rough, Lucinda. Rough, <laughs> rough. So Thank you. Hard. Glad so you're here hard. to sympathize. Uh, all right, evil <laughs> feminist Fuck. message number two. Stop the war on women. Mm. To which, again, their counter-argument is, well, there's technically only a war on women if you count reproductive rights, and we don't, so there. Oh, we just don't. Cool. <laughs> ah. Hey, guys, listen, don't don't complain. We're about to get another woman on the Supreme Court. So, well, she's waging a war against female re reproductive rights. Mm. But that doesn't count. I said that doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> Otherwise, besides that, she's a feminist. Mm -hmm. 
with a literal handmaid. Okay, message three. Let's <laughs> message three. Let's get seven. All right, yeah. So message number three, men are superfluous. Mm-hmm. True story. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you ever watch lesbian porn? They look so happy. So happy. <laughs> so, yeah, they're having a blast. And I want to point out, they get specific here. Their problem isn't with the idea that the world doesn't need men. It's that women don't need men, but, right? They're they're making the affirmative claim that women need men, all women. Mm-hmm. So much. All right, so now it's time to O, offer discernment. Uh, and they're going to start out by admitting that, yeah, I guess it's not great to be a woman. You think? Well, with the child brides and the murder and the rape and stuff. And yes, they are grateful for feminism because that's why they can write this book and vote and shit. But, but, and and this is seriously their but, patriarchy, according to the dictionary, is when you are owned by your father, and that's not a bad thing. What? (sighs) Quote, the patriarchal structure was intended to be protective, not oppressive. Oh, oh, okay. It's a safety issue. Mm. Like Women used to be safer for all of history until been. right now. It must have been, or that would be a nonsense point. statement. Yeah. Plus, the other option was worrying our pretty little heads off, and, you know, that doesn't sound pleasant <laughs> at all. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, so now it's time for the lies of contemporary feminism. Lie number one. Our seemingly democratic society is really about men controlling women. Uh, let me guess. Their counter-argument is, nah. <laughs> yep, just nah. But also, they point out that one time, a bunch of men told them what feminism was on Twitter. Men! How crazy is that? <laughs> so, what? next lie, the right to complete autonomy trumps even the right to life. So, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, right. No, clearly she's saying that if my kidneys fail, I am morally justified harvesting one of hers as long as it doesn't kill her. Check. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Moral equivalent. The lie after that, feminism freed women. And and while they admit that this is partially true, again, voting, writing the book, but (laughs) counterpoint, women are whores now. What? Yep. Quote. As sexual promiscuity became the norm, many men stopped feeling pressured to commit and instead live lives of extended adolescence, playing video games and getting all the guilt-free, consequence-free sex they could ever want. How is this better for women? End quote. I, um, also the guilt-free sex and, and the video games? I don't get the question. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great for everybody. Yeah, what, I'm supposed to beat all the boss fights on Luigi's Mansion myself? Fuck you, lady. Get shit to do. Sons of bitches. And the final lie of feminism, anger is power. Because so many feminists they know are mad at them. (laughs) So, like a lie. Dedicated. Fantastic. Uh, So now it's time to A, argue for a healthier approach. Than feminism. We're yep. going to argue yes, for a healthier exactly. 